May 12, 2021. Who'd have thought it'd be May 12, 2021? I and thought that yesterday. We are, th- we are talking about <laughs> conspiracies. About I, was like, I was like, I bet you tomorrow is going to be the 12. <laughs> yeah. Who, who'd have thought on, on May 12, 2020, we'd be talking about conspiracies in space and because that's what we were just talking well, about. I, I, but there's not conspiracies. These are things that have been released out to the public. Well, I mean, the, the no, stories I, I was just saying are are their real deal. Right. So here's what we've been talking about. First of all, it's lawyer talk. Uh, here we are again. It is Wednesday. We expect the Blitz to interface uh, with us any minute. And we're going to answer their questions, the phone and legal stuff like we always do. But Jared was entertaining us with his uh, space <laughs> theories. And and look, I, it, you can call it. Here's what's funny. People call them conspiracy theories. Like, like uh, as as a means of of somehow impeaching the credibility of what you're saying, but then when you look, you know where that came. What from? I was saying, you know where that came from, actually, right? the conspiracy theory. That's what the CIA made up in the in the '60s, so and it's and it started with UFOs. It's a, it's a way to the, discredit exactly, and you know, and this is what's happening. I mean, and we're seeing he, it in real time. I mean, people just change the definitions and they create these little catchphrases. We talked about the other day, like. Um, uh, packing the court. Well, that doesn't mean packing the court anymore, like FDR days. That means Trump got too many appointments, so mm. and he they don't like the it. court. Well, that, right. Now we need court reform, which is right. what they are st- they are calling adding four justices. That's, so they just poof, change the language. Well, people were like, you know, what's Trump doing space force? Space force. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, it's been going on for oh, years, uh, yeah. decades. You know, De- I mean? no, the space race oh, yeah, is not, not, real. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess I was years. I'm, I'm going yet. Yeah, I think you said it's yes. Sputnik. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it started up there with Sputnik, and uh, whenever we got NASA, Sputnik. it's just how much it showed to the people that oh look, we're going out there and experimenting in scientific research, and we're growing tomatoes. Well, there was a large amount of money that was somehow, you can't follow the money. And even on things that are released on projects and things that we have done in space are being released, but you can never follow the money. Yeah, they make it too hard. And uh, and I'd said it originally when they came with Space Force. I was like, yeah, this is just because it's getting too difficult to hide all the money. Well, and, and then NASA sort of got neutered is that the right word or, or at least converted into like this environmental thing or global warming thing uh, and no like, they're not that well it was hostage. also a muslim outreach program that's what obama made it that's nice well, not it, kidding. it doesn't matter because they move the money around between the cia between the navy and between the air force and they've been conducting their own space program for years alongside and piggybacking with you know i mean it's it, if you want to see where where's the proof, it's in the shuttle. When we started releasing the shuttle after the rockets there, you know, we had the challengers. We had I forget all the names of them, but thirty percent of the of the hull was set aside for the CIA to include their equipment, to, to testing include their stuff. equipment and their time. So you see up there, it's like oh, we're playing with Jello. Well, look. And the camera shut off, and because we have a problem, <laughs> we're gonna we, we have a serious problem. That's why it's, I think it's been brought to light. If you look up right now, how many rockets are China launching into space? How many rockets right now is, are the Russians launching? Every month they're going up. They're landing on the moon. They're laying credit. This is ours. They're going into space, and we have caught the Russians. They've been doing this for years to where they have attaching satellites. They can go up to our satellites, attach to them, shut them off. They can read it. They can figure out what it is, take it apart, get our technology. 
And in space right now, our whole economic platform, from the stock market to the national to the world trade, is all sent through space. Yeah, no. You it's mean, a, it, your it's, Netflix is sent through used space. To be, what used to be phone wires is now space. It's space. It's right. satellite. It bounces up and down. The final so frontier. It, well, look, we're going to get to this and lots, lots more, but we got oh, the yeah. Blitz coming in. I forgot in. about that. We, we've got the Blitz. <laughs> we it's, do have a job to do. It's 8.30 you know, in the morning. It's exhausting, but we yeah. do have a job to do. We have to answer these legal questions, and then <laughs> we're going live. And we're going to talk about space, the final frontier. That's right. Yeah, I got a legal question for you. That's what, like, back when I was a kid, I was like, if I had the money before these rich people started building spaceships, I always said I'd build a spaceship. I'd go to the moon and say, this is mine. Well, it's like that rocket guy. What kind of legal rights do I have in space? Well, it's like maritime law. I was going to say, (laughs) well, the Chinese don't care about maritime law. They're just building their own islands. Yeah, they're doing whatever they want. I mean, they're doing whatever the hell they want. Laws only apply when people abide by them and and agree (laughs) to the contract that the laws are going to control them. So it doesn't look like China cares too much about any of that. Um, And it doesn't look like our current government cares too much about anything about what China thinks about. So, you know, let's just let them have Hong Kong. Let's let them have Taiwan. Let's let them have the whole... Let's, let's just give them the oceans for for and space, but yeah. you know anyway, uh, we are we are going to interface here momentarily with the Blitz as we always do on Wednesdays. We're going to take phone in legal questions, uh, and then we're going to go back to this and lots of other stuff. And I think this is uh, this might be an ongoing. Yeah, we, we we may have to cover this. I'm a, hoping a some bit. one of the phone-in calls has something to do with space or aliens. It might. <laughs> it that could would be, anymore. That would, that would be great. It, it, it might. Be the best. It might. Yep. And while we're while we're talking about that, or while we're waiting, you know, I should note that on uh, May 21, we have a we have an announcement. Jim McMahon. Remember the quarterback, Jim McMahon. Mm-hmm. NFL great. Super Bowl shuffle. He doing. He was. Oh, uh, he wasn't here to start no trouble. <laughs> he just did a Super Bowl shuffle. He's the punky QB known as McMahon. I can't remember the next line, but I'm sure the X-Checker can. (laughs) Your potent didn't even know it. Yeah. No, I did know that. That was planned. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're bringing him in. He's got a Netflix movie coming out, and it's going to be sort of on his career, his life, his uh, time in the NFL, probably before, during, and after. And we're going to be at Studio 35 up there on Indianola. So is this release of the show going to be before it's on Netflix? Uh, yeah, and it's, it's, uh, it's sort of a, the same time. It's a sneak preview of what's going to be on Netflix. I don't think it's the whole show, the whole thing, but they're getting a sneak peek of what's going to show on Netflix on the big screen there at Studio Thirty Five, uh, and they've been kind enough to give us their facility to uh, to bring old Jim in, and uh, he's also coming with his producer, the guy who uh, created the whole thing, and they're going to do some Q and A on stage. So you have a chance to listen to Jim talk. There'll be some memorabilia for sale, etc. So. Uh, anybody who wants tickets, you can just go to the Studio 35 website. There is a link up there. If you go to do, if you go to the now showing part section of their webpage, uh, you can scroll over, and then we're going to release a, a Facebook invite and some other stuff coming out this week. So you how can, old is uh, man? Now is he like in his sixties? He's about our age, and he's not no, he's, he's about oh, he's two got... or three years older than me, so he's oh. getting close to sixty. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't even read this. It's so uh, cheesy. Born in fifty nine. No, this is good stuff. Oh, he's eight years older than me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's he's old. Yeah, he's the punky QB. That's what I say. He's a punky QB. Knows Abby Mayweather. When I hit the turf, I've got no plan. I just throw my body all over the field. I can't dance, but I can throw the, the pill. peel. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh so God. bad. I motivate that the cats. So, I Brad like can't even look at it. I, I know. My <laughs> eyes are so watering. cool. I aim to please. <laughs> oh. 
That's why y'all got that here on the double. I, so I think they sang and then just transcribed what me, they do sang. Oh, the Super Bowl this, shuffle. It is yeah. so Man, bad. That's bad. They had a little wow. beatbox Boy, going they on had the, the refrigerator Perry. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. It was. Uh, you know what's funny? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think was that '84? No, '85. No, no. When 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 was the Super Bowl shuffle? I think that was the same year as the Challenger it was, explosion. Oh, was it really? I think I think that might have been the same year. And the only reason right I remember that space. is because I was uh, living in '85. '85. It was. Boom! Back to space. Yep. McMahon, Challenger explosion. Back to space. Well, if you mm. want to see McMahon and get back to the space here then you can go to the studio 35 web page and buy your tickets there's a limited number of seats though by the way there's only like 80 up for sale there's two different shows we've got uh, a matinee showing and then an early evening showing uh you can catch one if you're really interested you could probably catch both just buy tickets for each show good god um, they so they released this before they even played the super bowl yeah yeah dude. Yeah. uh brett you'll love to know yeah. this they got beat by miami that it, year right i think no, they beat the dog snot yeah. out of New, New, New no, no, England. No, 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 no. In the regular season, they were it was all they almost had an undefeated oh, season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they went the only other yeah. NFL yeah. team to have an undefeated season was Miami. Was yeah. Miami and, and Miami beat, beat them, yeah. and, and right. they spoiled this stupid song. Peaked at number forty-one in February of eighty-six on the Billboard Hot One Hundred. Are you God Almighty? It's the eighties were awful. It's not nearly as good as uh, as um, the Brown song. What was that? Um, what the, the Browns? <gasps> oh. All right, all right, the blitz is coming. Here we go. If you need free legal advice on Loper and Randy, better call Steve. All right, Steve Palmer, how are you, sir? Hey, doing great. How are you guys doing? Hey, pretty good, man. Pretty good. So with things loosening up uh, around the country with masks and whatnot, uh, are there any legal issues with masks that we should know about in our local area? Any legal issues with masks? Well, you know what? There's there's all sorts of challenges going on right now that are challenging the governor's authority in the first place to actually implement mask orders. And this is, uh, you know, I think it, it's like a lot of legal stuff. It's going to lag behind a little bit from what we experience. So now we're, we, we all experience the orders. We all experience the shutdowns. And now the attorneys, you know, God love them, are getting involved. And they're going to start challenging whether any of that should have happened in the first place. But as far as uh, like legal issues now, I, you know, I'm not aware of anything new aside from what we've already experienced. All right. I do have a question from uh, a guy in London, Ohio. He wants to know if uh, he knows that someone has gotten into a physical dispute with his wife. If they are found on his property, is he in the right to act physically against them? Uh, I think what he's asking is if there is a guy who is physically fighting with his wife, in other words, there's an assault going on, and it sounds like, let's assume the guy fighting with his wife, the guy is the one responsible or the one that's uh, doing wrong here. I think any third party can step into her shoes and and use whatever force necessary to stop it. So this is that third party self-defense we talked yeah. about a few weeks ago with uh, police officers involved here. It's like right. if if... if if, if you were beating somebody up and you're not allowed to beat them up and, and I step in and try to stop it, I can use the amount of force necessary that the person getting beat up could use. I know that sounds confusing, but it's called third-party self-defense. And then it gets even more confusing now because Ohio's got some stand-your-ground laws and some other uh, nuances that are changing the landscape of what self-defense looks like. But, yeah, generally speaking, uh, I 
you know, I, I think you have a right and maybe even in some circumstances a, an obligation perhaps to step in and stop it. I mean, you don't want uh, – rarely is it a crime not to intervene, but, uh, you know, every now and then you want to just make sure that uh, you don't get blamed for uh, letting things go too far. All right, 821-9970, that is the telephone number. I believe we have one open line. Steve Palmer on with us right now. We're going to get the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees right after we talk to Steve here. Okay, this question is from Bill, and he said, got pulled over for a tag light on a U-Haul being dim. The police asked for an ID and insurance. I turn to get my wallet, and just as I'm about to get my wallet, he asked if I would step out of the truck. I comply. He leads me to the back of the truck. I get my driver's license out. And the police officer's asking for the combination of the lock. Said he pulled me over for the tag light being out. It was being dim. It wasn't even all the way out on a rented U-Haul, but threatened me to cut the lock off if I didn't hurry and give him the combination. By this time, there are several police officers surrounding me. Me and several other people had been loading the truck for a few days with stuff a business was giving away. The police and businesses in the area knew that the business was giving away stuff to clear their warehouse. But why? Was it legal for him to treat me that way? Well, I, I think that's a good question. Why was it legal for them to treat me that way? Is the, the real question is, why did they treat you that way? Because it probably wasn't legal uh, to conduct that search without either consent or a warrant. And here, here's the deal. Here's how this works. Um, police officers, they're allowed to pull you over for a traffic violation. And, you know, I, a, a dim taillight or a dim license plate light, I've not ever heard of that one. A lot of times license plate lights are out uh, and that would be a reason they might be able to pull you over. And once they have you pulled over and they address that and they address that, that whatever the problem was and give you your ticket, in theory, they can't go forward any further. But here what they did is they probably justified ordering. Actually, they don't need much to justify ordering somebody out of a car. Uh, but, boy, to get inside the car, to get it unlocked and start searching the closed compartments of a car, they have to have more than just a hunch. They can't just think or want to see what's going on in there because they think something's going on. Uh, they have to have something called probable cause and and maybe even more if it's a locked container like that. So uh, what they were really doing was trying to coerce this individual to consent to a search. And uh, it sounds like it worked. I, I don't know. Now, I don't think that the police could have just popped the lock uh, unless they had something uh, more in the background that we don't know about. So, you know, generally speaking, uh, police, there has to be an escalation of indicia in order for them to continue to uh, go further in their investigation. They can't just start opening trunks and, and searching cars and searching closed compartments within cars uh, unless they got a good reason to do so. All right, Steve Palmer on the phone with us right now. Uh, he's with us each and every week. Steve, you have your own podcast, and people can find it at theblitz.com, right? Yeah, sure. You can see it on theblitz.com. You can check it out at uh, lawyertalkpodcast.com. You know, we go live, too. After uh, after we do this little interface with you guys and answer all the legal questions, we should go live on channel 511 on YouTube. So anybody who wants to see us uh, live on video and, and listen more, that's where we'll be. All right, one more question before you bail. This woman was approached by a staff member at Six Flags in Oklahoma over the last day or so, and she was, in essence, thrown out of the park because she had too short of shorts on, in their words. It was later found out that the woman was autistic, and she was very taken back and nervous when they approached her to kick her out of the park. If you were a lawyer handling the situation, how would you go about it? 
Well, I'd want to see what the rules and regulations of the park are. I'd start there. And then I would want to see how the park responded. Let's assume that they had some dress code that everybody agreed to when they entered the park, either by uh, virtue of buying the ticket or, uh, or whatever notification. And sometimes those notices are sort of obscure. You don't see them. But in the small print on whatever you're purchasing, there might be a reference to look at their rules and say you got to comply. Uh, and let's say it did violate the rules. The shorts were a little bit too short. Then I'd want to look and see how she was treated because sometimes, uh, you know, even in a private setting, people go too far and uh, they treat people uh, a little too roughly or they're not, uh, maybe they're physical, who knows. And if it looks like they went too far, we'd talk about uh, a lawsuit for damages. Um, in it, it, it would start with a demand letter and then we'd see where it goes. But, you know, these aren't the best claims because obviously lawyers like to get involved when there's money involved and simply getting kicked out of a park uh, without some additional damages uh, doesn't make a huge claim. On the other hand, uh, every now and then there can be some damages there based on some consumer, consumer protection laws and some other things that could be relevant. So I would just start with the research and then I'd probably go to Dave Goldstein and get a real opinion on it. So that, that's where I'd go. All right. This is an interesting question. Um, there's no name attached to it. Uh, I have a permanent guardianship of a five-year-old boy. He was supposed to be my cousin's, my cousin's son. Well, when my guardianship went through, the alleged father asked for a DNA test, and it turned out he was not the father. Ooh. My husband and I have been raising this child as our own. He receives Medicaid through the state and through his mother when she pays. After my cousin turned out not to be the father, the state left his name off of off of, of the, the birth, B yeah oh BC yeah birth certificate. Thank you. Well, Friday I received the motion to intervene by. Uh, child services office i called them to see what it was about and they said they're getting a court order from the mom to give possible father's names how do i stop this i'm very concerned what's going to happen what if it's one of her many friends turns out to be his bio dad and we've raised him for three years he's five yeah, like swoop in yeah. we don't want to lose him now how does that work steve yeah this is can this, this can get real confusing so what's going on is this will happen in juvenile court and it sounds like uh children's services is is sort of intervened into this and what they have to do is figure out who the dad is if they can. And then Children's Services will make recommendations to the court on who and where placement should be. Um, I would get an attorney and I would get somebody who understands these kind of actions uh, and custodial and domestic and this, this type of stuff. Because, you know, ultimately the court's going to do what's in the best interest of the child, but that's got to be tempered by legal interests of those who may have it. So... Uh, they've got to get notice to actual parents if uh, they know who they are. And uh, somebody has re requested testing, it seems like. And, and the good news is you did get notice. So you're, you're on the rolls, so to speak. You get to show up and you get to voice uh, what's going on. And I would certainly do that through an attorney. And if you'd like to get some help finding somebody, give me a shout, 614-224-6142. All right, Steve Palmer, thanks so much. Each and every week he's on the show with us. And like he said, he continues to podcast uh, after his segment with us. So later on today, check it out for yourself. Steve, we'll talk to you next week, man. All right, thanks, guys. Later on today, check it out right now. And we're going live. Three, two, Get it on the main. one. Oh, You're boy. On the main. Here, Here we, we go. go. All right, so we are live. Uh, we just did the Blitz. This is Lawyer Talk off the record on the air. We are uh, May 12, 2021. Uh, we just interfaced with the Blitz 99.7, as we always do on Wednesdays. And now the new practice is to go live and do our regular show live. Why? Because we can here at Channel 511. I We've could, got uh, I couldn't help but think that of the song, We Wear Short Shorts. 
Oh yeah. So <laughs> if you, if you didn't hear, you're you're gonna have to go back and listen. If you're listening live, it. don't worry. You'll 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 catch up here in a second. But yeah. uh, the question: somebody got kicked out of Six Flags or something for wearing short yeah. shorts. For too short of too short. It's like shorts. I was just thinking. Like, come on. Yeah. I don't I don't know what and was it showing. wasn't even a guy. <laughs> well, the guy would I mean, got through you know, okay. I mean, you would think, right? It's like get that guy out of here with the short shorts. Right. You would think you don't want the guys wearing short shorts, but no, hey, no speedos, no short shorts. I'm not. I'm not even. Gonna exactly. I'm not, I'm not going to get vulgar. Do we need the big lights? Uh, oh, I don't know. Do we look good? I think we're good. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, so they were they were asking whether they could kick somebody out for not conforming to dress code, which is my summary of what the question was and the answer is probably yes so if you showed up naked to six flags they could probably boot you uh if you showed up um wearing short shorts maybe if it were showing too much of the crotch region buddy ox yeah region you know you might uh that might be inappropriate for kids there uh and you know they, they kicked her out now they may have laid the hands on her a little too much and caused uh maybe an assault turns out she was autistic so that gets ugly fast yeah yeah yeah. But like, so if she was at the, the the swimming section of Six Flags in her bikini, it's fine. Well, I, right. So, do they have that there? I don't know. Do they have a water park? Maybe they do. I don't know. Most do. I don't know if they do. Six but, Flags. Maybe. Let's say they do. Yeah. Let's just say they do. So you're just cruising around Six Flags in your bikini. That and it's like, hey, hey, it's hey, wet. And it's bikini's white. Bikini's fine, but the shorts are too short. I'm sorry, your shorts are too short. Yeah. And it's white. And it's wet. Hurricane Harbor, 25 acre water park in Valencia. Yeah, in Valencia. Yeah. Man, so, yeah, sure. Yeah, so we do have. Uh, yeah. So, are you only allowed to wear the bikini on the beach side, or can you wear a bikini and uh, walk around on the other side? Yeah, I, you know, these, I don't these know. are all good I mean, questions. I don't know. We'd have to read I, the rules of the Six Flag. It's uh, the same company that owns Kings Island, right? So, like, you see them walk around that way at Kings Island. Usually. Do you? I'm Usually. trying to think about that. Usually, you can. I mean, you you do, can. Yeah. You can. I mean, because I've gone there. Uh, well, I've, at Cedar Point, we we need to go there, and, yeah. I, and I do like the water park side of it. You and can. Uh, yeah, I, I just yeah, there's guys that walk around with their shirts off and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got Hurricane Harbor. Mm-hmm. Is that up? Do we got that up for the? Yeah, let's let's go. Okay, if uh, we're gonna get man. that up here, then uh, the, go right up there, there and, yeah. and just go there. They, they, somewhere they have to have listed their rules. So we got Hurricane go back to the Harbor. Top. Go back to the top there. We got groups. We've got promo. We got national. Uh, they aren't even going to tell us the rules. Somewhere there has to be. There the has rules. to be rules of play here. Let's find out. Yeah. While we're looking into that, oh, so look, safety guy. Safety guy. Yeah, thrills for everyone. See, look, she's you got short bring, shorts right there in the picture. A whole group of people. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I think this person was ripped off. Yeah. Yeah. What was the other? What was what was another question that came they up? They were asking generally we were about, about masks. Now this is interesting though because you know the mask mandates. They were asking what are the legal things going on with masks, and um, you know the answer is the same legal stuff that's always been going on with masks. I mean, except now people are thinking, well, why do I have to wear a mask? Because I've been I got the shot or I've been I'm vaccinated, fully vaccinated. Or, or whatever it is. And right. you know the problem now is whether. Um, it, it, the problem now is not whether the masks are legal. The problem now is people just don't want to wear them anymore. And then there's people that want to wear them because it's it's turned into some sort of like uh, habit, we'll call it, or maybe some virtual, uh, vir- some some way to signal your virtue on the uh, on where you stand on masks and the safety of others. But as far as the legal mandates, I mean, it's interesting because there are in fact a bunch of lawsuits getting filed around the world, around the country anyway, 
on the validity of the initial orders that governors and other states were taking to actually shut things down, to order masks, to to uh, enforce these things allegedly to call, to make us all safe from COVID. So it's not so, you know, it, it it's not so clear that it's lawful and it's not so clear that it'll stand. But the fact is there are orders right now. And, and what'd you say, Jay? There uh, are 25 states that currently do not have mask mandates. So the bodies, are, the bodies right are probably stacking up in those states, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And not really. Not no. really. Yeah. And the other one was no. um, legal search. On the U-Haul trailer. That's a wild one. That is a wild yeah. one. Yeah. So wow. there's, there's, there's been a bunch. You know, it's funny because Dang. there used to be this law in Ohio when I first started practicing that prohibited. Now, this is all Fourth Amendment law. So a police stop of a motor vehicle is a significant intrusion, which requires justification under the Fourth Amendment, right? That's the old Ohio, or that's the old uh, U.S. Supreme Court language on a car stop. So you can't just stop a car for no reason. There's got to be some good reason. Usually it's a traffic violation. In this case, it was an equipment problem. They said it was a dim license plate light which doesn't make any sense to me dim i I was pulled over for dim light before i mean like what makes it dim that that's yeah right that's that's for uh yeah that's like come on that's getting real dicey but let's say the stop is justifiable because of the dim light then the question is what do they do afterward now um it, it used to be you know that you know in ohio we had something called pretextual stops meaning you were not allowed police, even though if they had a violation to pull you over, they, they weren't allowed to do it if it was only a pretext to search for other criminal activity. So they see Jared over there. He's looking awful fishy with that flat brim hat that flat says advanced hat. Says advanced vapor. He's looking a little bit too, uh, I don't know, shady. Got his glasses on maybe and a bandana around his neck, just like Kroger the other day. Um, and they say, you know what, that guy's probably hauling dope. Let's see if we can pull him over for something. Dope. And, you know, you would almost hear the radio chatter sometimes that's recorded. Say, hey, find a reason to pull that guy over. We need to search him for drugs. Well, sometimes the, the evidence was that clean and clear, and they would pull you over and then engage in conduct uh, to search your car or do something else just to check you out. In Ohio, that used to be called a pretextual stop, and it was like unconstitutional uh that, however, changed, and it no longer is a prohibition against those kind of police stops. So, really, they can pull you over now for almost any reason. Once they have you pulled over, though, that's where the rubber meets the road. See what I did right there? I talking about the rubber meeting the road. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, that, once they have you pulled over, the question is how far can they go? They can order you out. Um, they can uh, ask you questions that are designed to just get some background information about the reason for the stop. Um, and then, in theory, there is Ohio makes it big again. There was a couple cases that came out of Ohio. I think one was called Wren, W-R-E-N, and the other was called Robinette, State versus Robinette, one, two, and three. One up and the down. bird stuff? Oh, I know. It's because they, maybe they're in the air flying around looking for people. <laughs> so uh, they, they basically maybe. They oh, say yeah. this. like Once they have the stop dealt with, once they have given you the ticket, once they have done what they're supposed to do, it has to stop. It has, they have to let you go. Then comes this cat and mouse game. See, we're back to the animals. The birds like the mice. And um, the cat and mouse game comes, and they start to invent or look for ways to, I don't want to say invent, but let's just say look for a backdoor in so they can delay the stop and continue to do searches and and check you out. And there was a trooper in Ohio. His name was Trooper Smart, and he was everything (laughs) you would think he was, man. He was like a... He was high and tight, big, tall. I mean, that guy's underwear was probably folded neatly 
in the same place Ironed. and numbered, Ironed. and he probably he probably rotated them, so he never wore one pair out and before another. And then he probably had them on a cycle where he knew when he had to discard them. Did he enter the building through a, a phone booth? He entered the building. Through. That's all. Yeah. So old Trooper Smart was out. He used to patrol out there in Preble County, right at the border. Well, old I mean, Preble County. Gotta watch those out. who know Preble County, they know it's right on the border of Indiana. And those who know anything about drug running, I seventy is a corridor for bringing illegal drugs Illicit. across the country. And they would either get to I-75 and head north, or they would get up to Michigan or head south, or they would get to 71 and head south, or even 23, which became another big drug corridor, and head south down to Portsmouth. And you know, <clears throat> Anyway, so Trooper Smart would patrol that area, and he would pull people over for following too closely. Now, if you look up the following too closely statute, it doesn't say much about what is too close. It just says if you're too close, you're too close. And, you know, there's some case law that says it's got to be one car length for every 10 miles an hour or something like that. But, you know, it's pretty vague and it's subjective and it's a way that police can say, well, oh, they were way too close. So I pulled them over and they might pull over people driving rental cars that have a California tag or they might pull over people driving U-Hauls that have an out-of-state tag or people who look a little bit like Jared over there with a flat brim hat and a bandana and, you know, bebopping down the road. And uh, then he would look for other signs, other things that would clue him in, give him reason to delay the stop more so it didn't violate that case law. So he would even say, yeah, I would ask him where he was going, and he was really nervous. He was so nervous I could see his heart beating in his neck. You know, and he would point like that on the witness stand. And he gave me – he was – uh, he he couldn't he couldn't get it out. He was shaky. He couldn't talk. He he was he was concerned, and then he gave me inconsistent information about where he was coming and where he was going, where he's coming from, and where he was going. So, man, I'd arrest him. I ordered him out of the car so I could investigate further. I asked him if he had anything that I should know about, and uh, he gave me a wishy-washy, inconsistent answer. And it just so happens I happen to have my canine here. What was that? Flash. That was Roscoe's dog, right? And Dukes of Hazard was Flash. Flash. I happen to have Flash right here, and Flash is a trained drug detection dog. And, you know, it didn't take long for Flash to get to the car and get to the stop because old Trooper Smart would carry him, would just drive around with him. And he'd run Flash around the car, and Flash would hit on one of the panels or hit on the trunk or hit on the U-Haul or wherever. And then it's uh, game on. You know, driver in the back, locked in the cruiser, and uh, – and th- they would search the car and find cocaine or find whatever. So that happened all the time out in Preble County. I had a case, kilos. They, they found multiple kilos many, many times out there. Huh. And I went out and had a full-blown hearing with Trooper Smart. I did my best to take him down, and I couldn't. He did everything right. He knew what he was doing. Huh. So if you happen to be driving drugs across the country through Preble County, be careful not to follow too closely That's because right. Trooper yeah. Smart's Trooper lurking. Smart is so, out there. So that leads to... The question in my mind, okay, so let's say you rent a U-Haul after the gentleman who successfully brought in the drugs, unloaded, done, brings the U-Haul back. You rent <laughs> that U-Haul and still has a residue in there. Yeah. And the cops, an old uh, uh, you Trooper know, flag smart him. and flash Likely story, it. Brett. Likely story. We know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, we all rent U-Haul trucks. 
Yeah, the U-Haul. I have rented U-Haul trucks. My yeah. my wife rents U-Hauls regularly for work purposes. <laughs> and, and it's and residue from the previous person. Likely story. But Trooper Smart, like any good fisherman, isn't looking for the minnows. Okay. He's out looking for the right. big fish. He's looking for the kilos. Okay. But now, And then get back to the story, though, really, is this. He's looking for the He was like curb. this. Um, I like to search your car. And those people usually were probably like this. No. No. And he was like this. Well, I, I've got a, my reasoning that I think I'm there. I smell something. And then he'd get the dog. Yeah. Because see, then they can get the dog. You know I mean? They always tell you, they're like, look, just make it easy. Just let me go through it because the dog's going to tear the car up. Yeah. Well, then they, they do you know whatever I mean? they like, can you know, to yeah. try to get you to consent. Yeah. As much yeah. as they say, you know what I mean? They're like, we're going to go through it. So you might as well just make it easy because you got to sign too. I mean, it's it's written. Yeah. If you're going to give them consent, you, uh, there's more than just saying it. Not always. The, no? Uh, no, verbal consent's enough, and okay. it happens all the time. Now, you have to also understand that the trooper's smart, and the, most police officers now either have body cams and or dash cams, and all the audio and video is typically captured one way or another. So you can hear this, and they'll say, uh, you'll hear the whole dialogue, and you'll hear the consent if it's verbal. But a lot of times, they'll actually pull out the consent form and say, here, sign right here. It says we can search the car, and people do. Uh, you know, it's like anything else. You know, I, I knew you just sort of know intuitively the more that the police want you to agree to something, the more you know you're probably uh, you probably shouldn't agree. It's like uh, they used to ask in we've used this before, but they used to ask in World War Two. How do you know when we're over the target when they're shooting at you, when they're catching flack, <laughs> when they're shooting flack at you and you're getting hit, you know, you're close. So the more they push back, the more, you know, you probably shouldn't agree to whatever they're asking. And then you, you also know that if they're if they're really pushing you like that and you don't know for sure if you have a right to disagree or to say no, just say no. Because, trust me, if you don't have a right to say no, they're going to do it anyway. Um, so you don't have to say anything. You don't have to agree to a search. You don't have to tell them that you have drugs in your car. And you're better off not driving across country with drugs, obviously. But, but it sounds like they gave him the key, the code to get into the trailer it on sounded, the phone call. Yeah, we and never heard so, if they had anything. So it doesn't sound like they had anything. He's just like, can they do that? And it's like, eh, yes. They, yes. Well, they couldn't force you to give the code unless if, if you didn't want them to go through there, you could be like this. No, you're not going in there. So here's the deal. And I know guys that have been driving cars. And like you're hauling cars, don't 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 haul cars through Michigan. I guess that's what they say there. Because let's say you got two cars, you're supposed to now have a log. You register like a, you know, what I mean, oh, yeah. your CDLs and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I know <laughs> guys have been pulled over before, and they've said, uh, "Yeah, can we uh, go through your trailer?" Nah. Nope. Well, why not? No, I'm in a hurry. Yep. I, you don't have to give any reason. I yep. tell people, like it, it, it's really the the power of no with the pregnant long silence afterward is is really nothing short of incredible. When when you just say no. No. And then they stare at like no. Why not? No. Damn. So now that why would you I mean because I'm sure he's assuming that there's a couple cars in there, even though the tra- trailer says not for hire. Yeah. You know, that's always beautiful right there. It says not for hire right here. And it's like, what's in there? None of your business. Yeah. What's I, what's in my trailer? I don't want to make any statements. Yeah, no. Any reason you don't want to make any statements? He said, you know, they went back, came up, gave him a speeding ticket. Off they go. Off they go. But they're getting watched now. So now you're on the now you're on the radar. But a couple of things that you that everybody ought to know about your rights. 
you can always say, I want to talk to an attorney before I make any statements. <clears throat> that will never be used against you. If you start making up lies and denies and dancing, tap dancing around these questions, that's all bad. Now you're giving Trooper Smart all sorts of ammo to say, well, he was acting awful suspicious. He was giving me inconsistent answers. It looked like he lied about where he's coming from. You know, he said he was from California, but the map right there clearly said Kentucky. So, you know, I, I, clearly uh, there was some suspicion, so I prolonged the stop. But if you just say no, and if he says why not, I'd prefer to have an attorney before I answer any questions. This triggers something legally that really, really matters. And it's really important because then anything they do after that to try to question you, now we have a basis to get it thrown out. And not only that, they can't really rely on it. Now, if you lie and deny and get caught doing that, they can still rely on those things that you're saying uh, to prolong the interaction with you. Like your buddy was just short and sweet. No. no. Now, it's almost the best to say, I don't want to make any statements until I talk to a lawyer. Now, here, here's where, here's where uh, a couple other things we just talked about. Like if you consent, like this guy consented, the U-Haul guy. There's a case, I think it was called California versus Bustamante, U.S. Supreme Court, probably 1968, if I had to guess. But under Bustamante, a, a, a lawful consent or a consent cannot be a mere submission to a lawful claim of authority. In other words, well, look, if you don't consent, we're just going to knock down your door and go get a search warrant and knock down your door. So. Oh, Schmecknoth. Uh, is that it? Yeah, Schmecknoth. So what's it say? The right to refuse consent is a factor in determining whether a grant of consent to search was voluntary. So they, they searched. They, you can't overcome somebody's will to consent by threats and by coercion and by taking advantage of them. You mean like mandating a shot? <laughs> you're talking about like, the, you're ta like coercion. <laughs> you're talking like about saying yeah. you can't it's come like, back to work. I should always know where he's going. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I should always know this. Sorry, but uh, yeah. So you've got you can't just threaten somebody. Look, if you don't consent, we're going to do X, Y, Z. And I think the I think uh, that uh, Bustamante case said something like it can't be a a, a consent can't be uh, acquiescence can't be a mere acquiescence to a claim of lawful authority. So in other words, if you're going to get, uh, if you're going to consent, it can't just be because they're threatening to get a warrant and search anyway. And and sometimes uh, that gets real dicey in the in the weeds of individual fact patterns. But like this guy, if you don't let us in, we're just going to cut the lock off. I'd be like, yeah, we'll cut it off. Yeah, you know yeah. that's up to you. Yeah, cut it off. I can't control what you do with that lock. You're, you know, that's up to you. You got the gun, you got the badge, you do what you want. But I'm not going to open it for you. I do not consent. I do not consent. I do not. And I tell people this all the time. You know, like, why wouldn't I consent? I don't have anything to hide. You know, sometimes I exercise my rights just because I can. So if somebody knocked on my door, this is the argument I always have, and this this cuts across. It's always easy to to, to find uh, inconsistencies in people's viewpoints. Like the <clears throat> law and order folks would say, dun, dun. yeah, they should search every car down on 23 that's going because they're, they're running uh, Percocets and heroin down there. Fentanyl. So have checkpoints, stop everybody, do it all. And I'd be like, you know, that's funny because that's the same, uh, you're, you're giving up the same right that protects you from them coming into your house out in the country and searching your house for guns that you're allowed to have or something else. Like, 
uh, you know, sometimes you have to exercise your rights just to make sure that you can. You got to flex the constitutional muscle, I think, is probably the way to say it. Keep it strong. Keep it there. Don't let police officers just rummage through your car because you don't have anything to hide. If nothing else, it's a pain in the ass. You're sitting on the side of the road. How many times are you driving down the highway, you see people on the side of the road, the car's getting tossed, maybe two or three cruisers there. I'm just oh, thinking, man. hope they got my number because I'd be telling them right now, shut up. Don't make a statement. Don't let them search. Tell them no, 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 no. Uh, here are some uh, of the most common ways allowed for officers to search, frisk a vehicle uh, without a search warrant. Abandoned vehicles, plain view, consent, inspection, search during temporary questioning. Yeah, this is a little bit, uh, this is a little misleading. To arrest probable cause inventory searches. All right, we can go through some of those. Like an abandoned car, those are safety checks. And that's a little bit different. So if you abandon your car, so maybe we go back a little bit farther and give everybody sort of the basis for this. The Fourth Amendment is premised, at least by our U.S. Supreme Court analysis, on your right of privacy. We have a right of privacy in our lives, in our homes. And when it came down to motor vehicles, the Supreme Court had to ask or had to answer this question. What is your right to privacy in a motor vehicle when you're driving? And they said, well, it's a little bit less than it is in your home. Your expectation of privacy in your car is a little bit less because by its very nature, you're out in public, you're cruising around. It's uh, more visible than the stuff in your home. So it's going to get less protection than your home. Uh, nonetheless, it still requires some protection. That's why they can't just willy-nilly, for no reason, pull over cars. they got to have a reason. So you do have an expectation of privacy in your car. It's just lessened. And then, you know, once they got you pulled over, the question is how far can they go? Generally speaking, for closed containers, they have to have specific, or specific probable cause that there's something in there. So they can't just say, well, I want to see what's in that glove box. Open that up, sir. We're just going to look in there. They can't do that. Not on a speeding stop. Now, if they look at the glove box and there's a piece of there's a cellophane bag hanging out and there's residue white powder on the cellophane bag, well, that might be probable cause for them to be able to search the glove box. So, have you ever heard this one, Steve? Terry versus Ohio, 1968. The old Terry stop, 1968. There you go. <laughs> That's uh. <laughs> Of course you have. Of well, course. this is a big one. It's as one, if though. we've even talked about this, but I've never heard of it, and I've never pulled it up. Before. A Terry stop is a stop and frisk. This is where they're going to come up with come up to somebody. This is the the classic pat down. This is the yeah. you know you see yeah. they they put you on and they they pat you down. Uh, a Terry stop is a it basically if they have some reasonable suspicion, which is less than probable cause, that you have a weapon, they can pat you down uh, and and see if they see if they find anything. So. This has been so many cases and so much law has been made on Terry stops. An unfriendly bulge then. And, yeah. And what was the facts of this case where it was just two guys on walking down the sidewalk? This is the old stop and frisk rules where I, I can't remember the exact. Two guys were walking down. They say, hey, stop. We're going to pull. We're going to frisk you. And this is I, like, uh, you know, Ju- this is relevant because Giuliani did this to clean up New York. They had the old stop mm-hmm. and frisk laws. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it works because you can, you, can, you can find a lot of crime that way. But uh, they said it's a limited detention. It is not a significant intrusion that would require a warrant. So because the intrusion is less, then they need less justification for it. That's sort of the, the standard. And the Terry standard was reasonable suspicion. So I guess on the, on the, on the continuum, you have, like, probable cause to think that there's criminal activity afoot. Terry said, if the police have reasonable suspicion, which is less than probable cause, that some criminal activity is afoot or somebody has a weapon, 
then they can conduct a limited uh, pat-down or a limited detention and pat-down. And reasonable suspicion, uh, people say, what does that mean? I was like, well, I don't know, but it's less than probable cause. What does probable cause mean? Well, it's more than reasonable suspicion. Well, let's so just the say- cop, real quick here the, the, on the case here, it said the cop said he had reasonable suspicion that they were, quote, casing a joint. Yep. Here's what happened. This is in Cleveland. A Cleveland detective, McFadden, on a downtown beat, which he had been patrolling for a, many years. What a great name, by the way. Old McFadden. Old McFadden yeah. in oh, Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he's a beat cop on foot patrolling for many years. Observed two strangers, Petitioner and another man, Chilton, on a uh, street corner. He saw them proceed alternatively back and forth along an identical route, pausing to stare in the same store window, which they did for a total of 24 times. Here, let's get that up. <laughs> get, get that up. <laughs> So you're reading you the go. facts. This is the case. Actually, yeah. this is called a syllabus. This is sort of a synopsis of what the case is about. Yeah. So suspecting the two men of casing, quote, casing a job, a stick up, the officer followed them and saw them rejoin a third man a couple blocks away in away in front of a store. The officer approached the three, identified himself as a policeman, and asked their names. The men mumbled something. The long and short of it is he found uh, weapons on two of the three men. Yep. And the one guy, Terry, got uh, popped for three years in jail. And then he went and said it was an illegal frisk. Yeah, illegal search. And this is 1968. 1968. Yep. So this is, you know, this is a seminal case. I mean, this really changed the landscape of what the police can do. And I I guess when, when you start talking about reasonable suspicion, it's less than probable cause. It's more than, I think, the language would be an inarticulate hunch that there's criminal activity afoot. You can't have an inarticulate hunch. And it's like, what was this? What was the line in uh, Beverly Hills Cop? He was like, uh, you know, like he was talking about good police. Or like sometimes it, it, it's like, uh, sometimes you have a hunch. I, I can't remember. It's funny though, but he makes a point. Eddie Murphy made a point to Taggart and, and Billy. <laughs> Taggart. And Billy. We're going <laughs> to fall for the banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> I got a hunch. Okay, there it is. Yarn, I got a hunch. Click that video. Let's see if we can play it. Oh, it's only one second. I don't know. What to oh, do. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Hang on. Okay, uh, I'll right. I'll find it. All right. Anyway, so a Terry a Terry stop is a is a sort of the same standard was later applied to uh, a car stop. Let's say there's a car stop. Let's just say some. I mean, this could have been a call in or anything. Let's just say some guy's like riding his motorbike, maybe on like State Route 62. Hold on, next checker's asleep at the switch over there. What? Sorry. Jared's talking. Uh, no, it was on that's main. That's right. No, that's okay. That's fine. You can leave it up. It's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be Put it on the main. But let's just say that uh, some guy on a bike <laughs> is riding down maybe Route 62 right outside of New Albany or something, and he sees two police cars, and he sees one gentleman, sees one officer looking through the windows of the car. Got the other, another officer's got a guy standing up there, and I'm, and 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 maybe the motorcycle enthusiast yeah, like is, said, thinking, yeah. is thinking is <laughs> thinking things aren't looking good for this guy. Let's say the motorcycle enthusiast looks over and yells, "Lawyer up! Lawyer up!" <laughs> Can the motorcyclist uh, get in any kind of trouble for yelling "Lawyer up"? Yeah, this kind of stuff happens. <laughs> I man. mean, this kind of stuff happens. So a better scenario, we'll take it out of that scenario because we don't we want to protect the innocent or the names that have been changed. To protect it's, the innocent. It's fake. It's just it could have happened. Say hypothetical. We see this a lot when the college kids get drunk. It, 
I used to, I, it doesn't happen anymore because it's the party area has changed. But it usually be right up the street here. The old uh, Ludlow's yep. and yep. what was the other one? Banana Joe's and, and it was Hagen's. all in that combined. Yeah, all area. right there. And every Monday or Tuesday, I get a call. Yeah, I got arrested down. I was getting waiting on my uh, my Euro or whatever from Kim's cart down there, and I got in a fight with the police, and they took me down, and my buddies were screaming at me. So it's usually it happened a lot that the buddies would say, "Don't say anything. You can't do that. You know, shut up. Don't you don't have to talk to them." And they would get charged. The police say, "Look, you better back off. We're going to charge you too." And they'd say, "You can't freaking charge me. I can say whatever I want." And then down they go. Next guy, same thing. And they would well, charge what those guys get charged with. They, they would always charge him with an obstruction, obstruction. of official yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. Right. Then I'd see like the big three: obstruction, official business, disorderly conduct, resisting arrest. Well, what did I do? Well, obstructing official business, disorderly conduct, resisting arrest. Um, <laughs> there's a question there, whether that's protected speech, whether you're allowed to say those things. I would always argue that's nonsense. They can say whatever they want. Uh, they can take pictures. They can take videos. As long as they're not interfering and, and actually interfering with you and causing a ruckus, you can do whatever you want. And you know, to the extent that you're telling somebody to exercise their rights, I have a hard time thinking that that would be a crime. Or at least a pr- one that would that would hold water. What if the guy in the motorcycle is actually saying, "I got to fill her up. I got to fill her up." You know, he needed a guess. Or maybe and they were just—they thought maybe he's saying, "Lawyer up." Yeah, lawyer up. Fill <laughs> up. They were, they were, <laughs> so it, was, it was a confusion. <laughs> lawyer talk podcast. Call the attorney. You know. No, I, I would say that's okay. You exercise your rights, and and you know, I've represented people charged with crimes, both guilty and not guilty, for the better part of twenty-six years now, and I would always say, "Use your rights, man. You have them. Use them." And people would say, well, I got nothing to hide. I was like, this time, <laughs> this time, you give up your rights this time. They may not be, be there the next time. That's why you, you use something. them. Today, you can search the car. Yesterday, no chance. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, uh, right. and if you, it, it, and, I, and I, do, I do believe in this because if you give up your rights because you got nothing to hide, and you let the government do things like order you to stay home, close down your business, wear something on your face. Jab something in your shoulder. Stick something in your body. If, if you say, well, it's all for the greater good this time, so I'm going to do it. Well, next time it may not be for the greater good. You're not going to get that power back. You're not going to get those freedoms back. They, it, it can be incrementally taken from you, and before you know it, what? it is gone. Two weeks? Only two weeks? So what? You get the How point. How many months are we in? You get the point. So, and, and here's what's going to come out about some of that stuff, is that it may be that the information upon which they relied wasn't so accurate. Maybe the information upon which they relied was fudged, or maybe it was legit. I don't care. I always resist an exercise by the government to deprive me of my individual rights and freedoms. Because to me, no matter what color you are, no matter what gender you are, what no matter what gender you identify as, I do not care. We all have individual rights and freedoms in this country, unlike any other place at any other time in the history of our world. Do not give that up willy-nilly. All right, well, that's my that's my uh, my sermon for the day on that stuff. But back to the point is that the police on a Terry stop can conduct a limited search and pat down if they have reasonable suspicion. If they want to do more, though, if they want to conduct a full-blown arrest, like put you in cuffs, they have to have probable cause. Now, what's the difference? Well, here's what happened. Here's here's what that case really did. It created this little continuum of justification. So it starts with reasonable suspicion because your case in a joint that looks fishy. Then they pat you down. Now you got a gun. Now they got probable cause to arrest you. Whereas before, maybe if there was not reasonable suspicion to even approach and pat you down, 
but he never got to the arrest. And this is like, uh, it, it really completed the logical picture of, of police work. And uh, you know, it, I don't want to say it's a bad decision, but, you know, some people were. I was helping a friend. This is a number of years ago. I mean, a number of years ago, probably, I don't know, man, around 03, 04, something like that. He had a starter go out in his Ford Ranger. And uh, it, was, Ford it, was, Ranger. It, was, it was in a parking lot at, at, over there in Polaris. Yeah. So I go over there. I'm helping him change it. We go get a new starter. We're working on it. And while we're working on it, I've got a scanner. And I'm listening to the scanner. And every now and then you'll catch something. And you kind of lock it in there. And you listen to see what's going on. And at the BP down the road from where we were at, there was some undercover case going on. And somehow the scanner had picked up whatever they were broadcasting through walkie-talkies, whatever they were using, I picked it up. So one suspect had showed up. Another suspect showed up. And, and they're describing the whole thing. He's in the car. Okay, he got out. He's got a backpack. Yeah, got in the other car. It looks like the one guy's counting the money. Okay, the one guy gets out of the car. Okay, he walks out. He walks into the, the BP. The other guy in the SUV now goes out. Nice. Now, now old-fashioned drug so deal going on. an old-fashioned drug deal going on. Yeah. But what was funny is they had a couple of cars caught following him, and one guy was in a Sunbird. He was, he was orange Sunbird. And they were like, they had a state highway patrolman set up down the way, and they were like, had this, this now this guy doesn't know it. He's driving, and there's this car riding his ass. Right, you know, you get someone just riding. You won't stop riding them. You right. know what I mean? Falling too so, closely. So now this guy Where's starts. Trooper smart now this guy starts speeding. Yeah. Right. To where they got him, they pushed him and made him speed. To where they came around the corner. There's a state highway patrolman, and he's a genius because somehow, I mean, I'm sure that there could come to a point where they could search it and not know that any of the undercover went on at all because this guy was so good that he knew that that, hmm. that backpack was full of full of kilos. We deal with this all. I had a case recently. And what year was that, Jerry? I, I'm guessing around 04. Okay. I had a client that was uh, cruising down 23. And he may, let's just say the allegations were this. I wanted to go warn them just real quick. Though. I did because I was right down the road. I wanted to go. <laughs> I wanted to go buy a car and just be, and just be like this. <laughs> on to you. You know what I mean? And then walk out, and then they'd be like, "This guy, some strangers came and said they're on to me." I, mean, I don't know what's going now on. That that'd be bad. Could be obstruction. Of yeah, that would have been bad. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry to cut you off. Though. No, 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 no. I, I cut just, you just want to let you know. No, go ahead. But it's a similar thing. I had a client, so this happens a lot. And the point I'm going to I'm make here is that, uh, yeah, you're, you're driving down 23, and, and there was a bunch of, of undercovers on him and watched him go to a house that they believed was a known drug house, same kind of thing, in and out, <clears throat> not there too long, whatever. And lo and behold, um, he happened to swerve, according to them, so much that it almost caused an accident, almost went left to center, you know, owned into the berm or whatever it was as he was turning. And... There happens to be a uniform marked cruiser there at the ready, right there to pull him over. Now, you would say, well, how did they know any of this? Well, you know, they, they didn't, or maybe they did. But if the officer, if one officer phones in, or it used to be radioed ahead, a lot of times they do it by cell phone now that's not recorded, interestingly. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, re, they would notify another officer that, hey, look, we saw this traffic violation. We need you to pull this guy over. And uh, the question is, is that good enough? Yes. You can impute knowledge of one cop to another cop uh, to pull him over. 
And, and it might even be true even if they didn't notify the other person because they could have. It's, it's, in, it's inevitable. So that happens a lot. Now, I happen to – what's interesting about that case is that my client's like, look, I didn't swerve. I didn't do anything. I didn't do any of this stuff. And uh, it, it, it just it didn't happen. And they pulled me over. I was late. I was nervous. I was all these things. And they ended up charging them with uh, drunk driving. And I can't remember how I figured this out. But somehow in the court, oh, they, uh, after the stop, the plainclothes guy came up, or it was actually a gal came up and dropped a card and said, give us a shout. We want to talk to you. But that wasn't on tape. Like there, there was a tape of everything from the uniformed interaction through the arrest, through everything. But it wasn't on tape, on video, that this uh, the undercover dropped a card. Well, they want they wanted him to snitch, and my guy's like, "Look, I didn't do anything. I I I I, I, I didn't do anything wrong." Um, now, what's funny is nobody in the they charged him a DUI, which was totally bogus. Um, nobody told me about dropping a card. That is the except my client. No police officer, no prosecutor. And you had the card, correct? And I knew it. Yes, I had the card. Uh-huh. So we start. I start the cross examination, and in the like the in the I, I go down the just some of the basic stuff I was doing. I was like, oh, by the way, was this part of a drug interdiction? It was like out of the blue. I just I dropped it on this stopping officer, and her jaw. You could hear it hit the the table. Like she didn't think anybody knew. And they weren't going to tell me. And that's how shady some of this stuff gets. And they were, they were just going to say, no, I saw the violation. I saw all this. I saw all that. I said, because it looks to me like you weren't quite at a vantage point where this occurred. Were you, was this a drug? Inter- did, did some drug cop radio you and say, pull him over? Well, yeah. <laughs> and then it was just like a heyday after that. Dun, dun, dun. And it turns out, I mean, if they would have just told me all this in advance, they would have had a good stop. But she started to do this little dance on the witness stand before all that, and I was able to get the case resolved as a result of it. So you just, uh, what's the point of all this? Tell your lawyer everything. You know, yeah. share, tell your lawyer stuff because uh, sometimes we can use it. Hmm. So Those guys love leaving their cards. They do. They yeah. love giving their cards. They drop it like it's some sort of uh, get out of jail free. Get out of jail free. Give me a call. No, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like I know and you yeah. know and we yeah. know what's going on here, right. sir. Jeez. Yeah, now we're on to you. So if you want to call, wow. and and this happens a lot where guys are guys are caught up in some pretty big stops involving a lot of dope, and they don't go to jail. They're like, well, they didn't even take me to jail. I wonder why. And I was like, well, I know exactly why, because they don't care about you. They care about where you got the dope. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's not done yet, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they are searching for the big fish. They're using a the little fish to catch the big fish. And it goes, sometimes the fish get really big. So I have a question for you, Steve. Yeah. Uh, this all comes from the Fourth Amendment, right? <clears throat> yes. And uh, blah, blah, blah. I'll put it on the... Uh... Yeah, get it up there. All right, I have a question at the very bottom. Probable cause should not be confused with reasonable suspicion, which is the required criteria to perform the Terry stop, yeah. which we just talked about. Uh, I've never heard of what's reasonable suspicion. Sounds like partly cloudy, partly sunny. Well, yeah. it's a lot of subjectivity. <laughs> well, this is what this I was stuff, talking about. Right? Reasonable yeah. suspicion. People say, what's reasonable suspicion? I say, less than probable cause, more than an inarticulate hunch. What's probable cause? More than reasonable suspicion. Oh, my God. It, I, it, a reasonable <laughs> suspicion can't be a hunch, but it may not be probable cause. Probable cause has got some definition. It says like it would lead a reasonable person to believe 
firmly that there's criminal activity and reasonable suspicion almost sounds the same. Well, it's really the definition of cause and suspicion then more than anything else. Well, and Steve, here's probable in this case may relate to statistical probability or to a general standard of common behavior and customs. Yeah. Oh, man. It's all a bunch of, it's a bunch of, it's impossible to create a concrete standard. Um, So what's happened is like uh, in the common law tradition, hundreds and hundreds and thousands probably of fact patterns have sort of trickled through the system. So we know what isn't it, based on certain fact patterns that weren't reasonable suspicion before um, are not reasonable suspicion now if they're similar to that. And we make these arguments all the time. In fact, the Ohio Supreme Court, I think, either just decided or is taking on a big question. It used to be we would get, well, it is, that we get a lot of stops of cars, uh, right, right, I call it the witching hour, you know, around one thirty in the morning, whatever, for weaving within mark lanes or crossing what's called the fog line. So not the center line, or but the fog line on the right, or just touching the center line but not crossing it. And the question is, is that reasonable suspicion to pull somebody over? And, you know, it's like it, it, the case law has been all over the board on that and different things. And eventually the go. Supreme Court, the highest court of the land in Ohio, will say uh, either yes or no. What's it say here? The statute concerning highway driving, Ohio Supreme Court recently held that a single solid white longitudinal line on the right-hand edge of the roadway, the fog line, merely discourages or prohibits a driver from crossing it. It does not prohibit a driver from touching it. The decision revolves around a conflict between Ohio appellate courts regarding whether police are authorized to stop a vehicle that is touching but not cross the fog line. Uh, It also has implications on civil law, so Mm -hmm. we don't need to get into that. But what they're saying is, really, if you just touch the fog line, it's not by itself, a crime. Now, well, yeah, especially if you Lebowski or a traffic violation. Especially right. if you Lebowski yourself and you drop your blunt in your crotch, you might yeah, jump a little. No, I'll and tell you, you might what, swerve. Yeah, on my dually, <laughs> it's it's it barely fits in between the lines. Right. Well, well especially not on your roads. roads out there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Now sure. the other and, and here this is important. And some of my roads don't have lines. Right. That's a good point because the what you're <clears> going to see in all these cases is, and if you scroll down here, if you actually read the case, it would use a term or a phrase called totality of the circumstances. Eventually, you're going to hear that. And in other words, one thing by itself mm. may not be reasonable suspicion or probable cause, but the police aren't stuck to now analyze things individually. They can look at the totality of the circumstances. Now, here's where they get in trouble, because that that's a phrase that I think cuts both ways. So they always say, well, based on the totality of circumstances, I concluded that this individual was under the influence of alcohol, and I had probable cause, therefore, to arrest him. I was like, oh, the totality, huh? Let's list what they were. And they said, well, you know, I pulled him over, he hit the fog line, and then he, uh, he had trouble finding his driver's license, and he got out of the car, and I did field sobriety tests. He did okay on, um, on uh, the one-leg stand, uh, failed to touch heel to toe on two steps of the walk and turn test. And then I noticed four or six clues on the horizontal gaze nystagmus test. And I said, and then, and so based on those totality of those circumstances, I, uh, I had probable cause. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting because totality of circumstances. <clears throat> Let me see. That seems to me to suggest all the circumstances. Yeah. Well, when you testified just there, I didn't hear you talk about any of the other circumstances that would have indicated that he was not under the influence of alcohol. Well, no, I didn't. And I looked through your entire report there. I didn't see anywhere in your report any circumstances that would let us think that he was not under the influence of alcohol. Well, there were none. Oh, okay, let's go back and see. So when you pulled him over, he was able to get out of his car. Yeah, he didn't uh, stumble when he got out of his car. No, he was able to put his left foot out first, 
swing around, and then his right foot. No problem whatsoever doing those things. So, so far, no indic- no indicia of anything impaired. Not yet. No. Then he stood up. Yes, didn't fall back down. No. So, again, as he stood up, you didn't notice anything that would lead you to believe that he was under the influence of alcohol. And, again, you're trained to look for such things. In fact, it says right there in your manual that you should look for such things. And as he got out of his car, he didn't use his car for balance. He was able to do that with his hands at his sides, as you asked. Yes. And as he took steps back towards the back of his car, as you asked, you didn't note anywhere in your report that he had no trouble making that walk. Didn't stutter, stumble, fall, lose balance, raise his arms for balance. Did it perfectly, just like a sober person would do it. Yes. So let's recap where we are so far. I've just listed about a dozen circumstances under the totality of circumstances that don't indicate that he was under the influence of alcohol. And those aren't in your report. No. And you didn't testify about them. No. So what you really did is you just told us the stuff that was good for you, but not the stuff that's good for him. And, you know, you can go on forever that way. It's it's actually sort of fun. (laughs) As a defense attorney, I would think it would be. Yeah, exactly. Again, call Steve if you're ever in a problem. But the point is... Lawyer up! Lawyer up! I remember there was a time when I was... I I used to get anxiety and, and... scared in a courtroom because I was going to have to cross-examine the trooper smart, you know, the, you know, the high and tight guy who categorizes his underwear. And I would get so concerned about that because I'm not a high and tight guy who categorizes my underwear. I'm a, I'm a train crash in, in organization. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like it, it can be intimidating for young lawyers. And then one day the light went on. I was like, all you have to do is figure out what they didn't do. And they never do everything. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. So if you have nothing else, just figure out what they didn't do. And, you know, from there, everything starts to come into uh, paint a, a good picture for you. So it's like if they're at a murder scene, they never can investigate a murder scene perfectly. They never can. I'm not saying you ask these questions in every murder case, but it's like start with a crime log. Who was the first person there? And the second somebody's at a murder scene and they walk in, it's contaminated. And it's contaminated with whatever that person brought in forensically. And now, or you don't know what that person did do while they were in there or didn't do while they were in there. In fact, you don't even know who that person was because you don't have a crime log that would tell us what they did. No, I don't. Well, 101, police OPATA training. That's Ohio Peace Officer Training Academy. Create a crime log or a crime scene log so you know who was in, who was out. And you can just go on and on forever. Now, sometimes those matter, sometimes they don't. But it's a good would start Would have mattered point. in the Sam Shepard case. Yeah, you know, the old Sam Shepard case. Yeah, tie it, that back to a couple podcasts ago. That's a classic one. Yeah, and it's 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 uh, that that's what we were talking about in that Sam Shepard was all the media publicity, and it was um, it's still alive in the Shalvin case too. Oh, look, he's got a you got that up. There you go. Put that up. How about that? There's your crime scene entry exit log. Yep. There you go. Yeah, that's uh, that's really hard to fill out. Yeah, it's really difficult. <laughs> that's a right. difficult sheet of paper to fill out. Yeah. Yep. yep. And you know you see it on TV, so. Uh, and I do believe that dun, 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 dun. Uh, sometimes on TV that that it's not accurate by any measure all the time, but it does influence what what we think it should be. You know, so when you see on TV, they put on their white suits and their and, you know, they, they, all their uniforms and they go in. But what about the first person who went in? They didn't have a little white suit on. What about the person who discovered the body? They didn't have anything on. What about the person who checked to see if they were. Uh, but they uh, used hand sanitizer. If they, they used had, hand sanitizer, they right. had to. Come on. So you, yeah, you, there's there's a hundred things that you can find that may or may not be relevant as you explore what the police did and didn't do, and then it matters. Like say on DNA, 
I'm working on a DNA case right now where there is touch DNA, meaning epithelial DNA. If I touch this table and do that, in theory, if you looked, I got skin cells there that they can test for DNA. And, you know, the number of cells or how much DNA is there matters. Uh, Whether or not you got a shot recently matters because it turns out you can transmit your shot by skin cells. I'm mad. I'm wondering what he's talking about. Hmm. Just saying. Oh, he's talking about the vaccine. I wouldn't have guessed. Uh, I've never, Jay never talks about the vaccine. No, <laughs> yeah, no, apparently they shed now. See, Look into the, it. And this will be some forensic science that comes out. Uh, apparently those with shots can shed the spike protein, uh, even, that, even when they wouldn't otherwise shed the virus. And, and the fact checker will say you're false because you said shed. It's transmit. Transmit. Shed right. is a live virus. Uh, when you get a, a vaccine for a live virus, you could shed the live virus. With these vaccines, it is transmitting yeah. because it's the spike protein that you're transmitting and not a virus from all four shots. All right, where do we go with that? Because it's never been tested in humans before. Okay. All right, well. Anyway. As a brief aside, though, so I don't even know what we're talking about. We're well, talking skin about skin cells. Skin cells and DNA at a crime scene. All right. So well, the year current case. This yeah. Is, yeah. The, the point is, is that there is always something even when it doesn't seem like there's something, you can almost always find something that the police didn't do right. And sometimes those little things turn into big things if you look at the totality of the circumstances. So best thing to do if you're pulled over on the side of the road and they want you to open your U-Haul is just say no. 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 No, thank you. Go Nancy Reagan on them. I would, I, That's <laughs> right, baby. Just I, say no. I'm going to say, hold on, let me call Jared and see what happens, see what I should do. And lawyer then, up! I'm say, lawyer up! <laughs> That should, be a, that should be a bumper sticker <laughs> yeah. with your phone number underneath it. Yeah. And, and you know, the police, uh, everybody kind of like that. Better call Saul. That was his license plate. That, yeah. It, the, lawyer it, up. Lawyer yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. The, right. the, the funny thing is, is that people think, sort of like doctors, they think that, you know, they're all, they, like, they're there to help you. They know what they're doing. They're all, they're on your The police aren't on your side all the time. And a lot of times they're, against you you know their their job is to investigate crimes if you're under investigation guess what they think you did something if they pull you mm -hmm. over right that's the first sign that yes. things are not good you're under investigation mm -hmm. at that point and anything you say or do can and will be used against you it will and i used to wonder about that as a kid I was like what does that mean in a court of law in a court well it means that everything you say here short of i want a lawyer will be used against you so short of that so even if you say, is there anything in the back of your car? No. Guess what? They're going to testify later on. And then I asked him, was there anything in the back of his car? And did he answer you, Mr. Officer? Yes, he did. And what was his answer? He said no. Did you later procure a search warrant to look in the back of his car? Yes, I did. And did you exercise or did you execute that warrant and look in the back of his car? Yes. And did you find something in the back of the car? Oh, yes, I did. And what did you find? Well, I found a kilo of cocaine right there in plain view when I opened up the trunk. And then did you go back and talk to uh, Mr. Smith again? I did. And did you ask him why he said no to that question? I did. And what was his response the second time? He said, I don't know. Did he deny that time that he knew anything was in the back of the cruiser? No. So he said, I don't know. That's correct. But he didn't say, I didn't know that was back there. No, he didn't. Now, you can see what happens. The things you have said are getting used against you, and you didn't even know. You thought you were fine by not admitting anything. It's not just about not admitting. You have to say nothing. So let's say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a card Ohio card-carrying medical marijuana patient. Yes. 
So I get pulled over because I was speeding or something. And anything in the car I should know about. No. Now let's say I have some of my, my medicine with me. I mean, to a point, right? Like, let's say that my medical marijuana is sitting right next to my herpes medicine. And uh, do it, you know what I mean? So uh, it's like, uh, it, it's like. What, what is herpes medicine? I don't know if it's real, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, right? It could be blood thinners. The, the herpes it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. It's, it's, it's considered medicine. Now, so herpes before, a, a, an officer might ask you, is there anything, do you have any drugs in the car? And uh, that, at the point in time, was illegal. But now, since it's legal, I don't need to tell them it's there. You didn't need to tell them it's there, even if it were well, illegal. Okay, yeah. In fact, even more so. But, but he's like this. I smell it. Because I have gone to the dispensary, picked up my medication, and I'll tell you, half the drive home, I'm like, woo! <laughs> I mean, it, it, it smells. I so, mean, so, so the herpes medication over, would have been Zorafax or yeah. Famvir or Valtrex? Okay. Valtrex. Yeah. <laughs> and my vial of Valtrex. <laughs> Five pills in a day. He's got time to take that. I would just say, you do. The guy with the herpes. That's the guy that's got the time to take that. It's like, I got herpes and they think I might have COVID. How you doing, officer? I'd like to shake your hand. Exactly. But hold on, I got to sneeze. So he smells it. So so he he smells it, though. He smells it. I got pulled Uh, over. I'm leaving Newark. I'm on, uh, because it's very confusing there. It's 55, 65, 70. You know, I mean, there's that uh, that that whole jump there, and oh I, yeah, I that's it was still, a speed trap. Baby. I still thought it was seventy. Oh man, I just mm-hmm. got hit. Now I'm in the fifty-five. Didn't realize it. Now you pulled over. They smell. Pulled pot. over, and they smell. They. He's like, well, I smell it. Well, that's his probable cause. If the X checker looks up plain smell exception, he's working on it. So uh, there was no, a bunch I'm of there's just, a there's a body of law it's on funny the plain. You should bring up herpes. There was a body of law on the plain. All right, he's got the herpes infection, maybe linked to the COVID vaccine. Oh, Here's why you shouldn't panic. Yeah, dude, there's all sorts of stuff wrong with these vaccines. I'm telling, and they're not vaccines, so you shouldn't call them that. They're injections. They're actually classified as a medical device because there's nanoparticles right, in them. So here's what we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to give the X checker his whole. It's like a herpes <laughs> booster, huh? We're gonna. Well, it's funny you should say that. It's. We're gonna give yeah. the X checker. His own. So we're. Gonna, I think. I think what we'd have to do is give him his topic series. So we're gonna have like. You know, it's like. Uh, I'm trying to think of a show where this would have happened. Where like, oh, we've got the Exchequer series today. So you know, even the Exchequer gets to introduce a topic sometimes. So, <laughs> and maybe we'll take on vaccines and, sure. and global warming and yeah, and, I can do that. And like uh, the the takeover by China because I smell a spinoff. Well, smell here's a spin-off. Yeah. well, here's what I wanted to ask. Aliens. Here's here's what I want to ask. You, Steve, um, with the medical marijuana, and what? I, I mean, it's a so brave d- new world. So, man. do dogs? Do the cop dogs pick that up too? They're yep. not really. They're not really. T- I mean, this is this comes from an inside source of me. Uh, let's say I happen to show up at somebody's house, and uh, he wanted to show me his new partner, and new partner happened to be a dog. And uh, as I was getting out, I was like, "Oh, but he's gonna get me." He was like, "Why well, you got cocaine, heroin, meth?" I was like, no. Uh, he was like, no, he's not going to. He's like, well, you're training him for weed. Yeah. and, and I'm sure there's a well, few I'm, other, but they're, but not, they're just, not training him for weed. Yeah. They're not? Bro, no. Okay. It's a waste of time. You got fentanyl. 
You got, well, you that, got crack, yeah. Yeah. right? And right. you got oh. so much of the legalization going on that it's, okay. And then, well, know, that's what I wonder. And, and then you how does like, that? You like get into Columbus where they've changed their laws here to where even if you don't have your medical card, I think it's like a quarter under a quarter pound is like a hundred dollar fine. Well, okay. that, and that's always been that way. So it, not always, but there's a funny story behind that. There was a time that any amount of weed would have been, a, excuse me, would have been a felony. Yeah. Well, and, and that must be what I'm living in. That's what I recall. No, no. In our lifetime, it wasn't the case. Oh, or at least right. in our in our time where we would care if weed were a felony, it wouldn't be the case. But then when, then it started to happen. I mean, this is probably going back to like the marijuana movie. Remember the marijuana? Reefer Madness. The Reefer Madness. Reefer madness that's it. Yeah. That's it. But yeah. there is a time when any amount of marijuana would have been a felony. But then the problem was is that as the lawmakers – offspring started to go to college or got of college age and started to experiment with marijuana and get caught with marijuana, then lo and behold, that probably was a little bit draconian. We should make small amounts of marijuana misdemeanors instead of felonies. And in Ohio, that's exactly what happened. So they've become minor misdemeanors or misdemeanors of the fourth degree uh, instead of felonies. But now it's even weird. Now it's even more uh, diluted no pun intended, because you've got a situation where, like you, like you've got medical marijuana or CBD or something else that looks, smells, and feels like marijuana. We weren't ramped up. We being governments weren't ramped up to test for that kind of stuff. Like we couldn't decide or our testing didn't delineate necessarily from cannabinoids in, TV, in, in uh, CBD versus cannabinoids in THC. And it, it, it it created an enforcement problem that I think is being solved just by no enforcement. Uh, and, and instead what's happening is those low-level cases are just like you said. They're just not getting prosecuted. So if they smell weed now and you said, look, I got a card, here it is, they'd probably let you go. Yeah. They'd mm-hmm. probably let you go. Now, here's the other funny thing, and I don't there, I don't have a good answer to this yet. It's coming, and when I ever – when things sort of – when the practice ramps up again and cases are still happening again – uh, we're going to have to take this on, and that is the testing for marijuana intoxication or impairment does not test for cannabinoids directly in your system. In Ohio, other states have are better at it, but in Ohio, they test for something called metabolites. They test for the byproduct of marijuana or THC. So when you're driving, it it's it's almost impossible to say from a marijuana test that Ohio would give using your urine or blood that you were under the influence at the time. But Ohio law heretofore didn't care because all marijuana was illegal and they didn't care to just presume that you must have been under the influence and they under the influence. And then they made it a law, it's called a per se law in Ohio, where if you just have metabolites in your system while driving, it's drunk driving or impaired driving or DUI, even if you're not impaired by it at that time. Um, now, does that make any sense? No, but that's how that's how lawmakers think half the time. So, in other words, here's how the law has always been until medical marijuana. I'm driving my car, and I smoked pot two weeks ago. I still am going to test positive for marijuana metabolites. I get pulled over, and let's say my car smells like weed because uh, some biker buddy of mine was just in there smoking weed and got out. And they say, well, we want to take your... You're, uh, we want you to pee in this cup, Mr. Palmer. Would you please do that? And I'll be like, fine. I haven't smoked weed. I'll pee in your cup. And lo and behold, it comes back, and I'm positive with enough in my blood or urine that makes it a crime to drive a car. 
makes no difference that I'm under the influence. It's a crime just to drive a car with that amount of marijuana metabolite in my system. Um, That is getting turned upside down now because anybody with a medical card is violating this law every single day, every day. Mm. Um, And it's getting fixed right now, fixed in the right word. It's getting dealt with right now by enforcement or lack thereof rather than actual legal changes. But at some point, we're going to have to reckon with that. Um, And by the way, this is true of alcohol too. There are two ways you get charged with drunk driving. The first is the old-fashioned way. This is when you're uh, like this is like what your granddad would know. You're under the influence of alcohol. That means you reek like booze. The evidence would be anyway that you reek like booze. You're unsteady on your feet. You got slurred speech, bloodshot eyes. You can't do field sobriety tests. You're a drunken mess. You're under the influence of alcohol. The second way is if you are driving with a prohibited concentration of alcohol in your blood, breath, or urine. That's a separate offense. You didn't hear me say impaired. You didn't hear me say under the influence. All you, all you heard me say was driving with a prohibited concentration of alcohol in your blood, breath, or urine. Why does that matter? Because, you know, like I don't drink anymore, but there was a time I was a pro. I could drink 10 beers and you wouldn't even know it. That's like getting started. And that means if you pull me over, I might smell a little bit like booze, but I'm not going to look impaired. And I, you know, I'll be fine. There are some pros out there who got so used to, or so used to being drunk all the time. You can't really tell they look fine. Um, doesn't matter if they get, if they submit a breath test, urine test or blood test, then, and it's above the legal limit. It's an, it's a prohibited concentration. It's a crime to drive, even if they're driving fine. Same is true with marijuana metabolites. The problem is we can somehow get it. It's easy to get your head around. All right. So that guy had uh, 0.10 or 0.12. Clearly we can, in our, we can say, well, that makes sense. Anybody that high is probably impaired. You just didn't see because he had a tolerance. But when you start talking about marijuana metabolites, it's like there's nothing there that creates that link of impairment in your head. It's not like you can say, well, you had mar- marijuana metabolites in your blood, so you must have been under the influence when we caught you. It doesn't add up. Because yeah. it stays in your system for, it used to be 30 days, and some of this new stuff, man, this newfangled dope is staying in for 60, 90 days. I mean, and if you're... If and it depends on your size and how much big, fat you yeah, have. You're a big fat guy. It sticks in you. Stays in oh, the, it stays in the fat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to get rid of. Yeah, really hard. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a brave new world. And you know where else we're seeing this is probation cases. So well, I bet. You know, you go into old uh, hanging judge and they say, son, if I test you right now, you're going to be positive or negative for drugs. Well, I've got my marijuana. I don't care about no stinking mar- medical marijuana card. Not in my courtroom, you don't. Bond revoked. Go to jail until you're clean. And some judges are actually doing that. They're, they're, but lately, they're starting to, to catch on. And the trick now is they're starting, we had one judge locally, and I, I, I like her. I think she's a good judge. Um, she's starting to ask people, where'd you get your card? I'd like to see the diagnosis that you received to get your card. And I'd be like, well, that my first reaction was, what a bunch of BS. Why is she asking that? And then, it, and then it was explained to me, like, there are certain states where you just got to go in with a headache and they'll give you a card. California. California mm. and probably some others. Colorado, Colorado is wide open now. but So they want to at least see some diagnosed condition that fits within the Ohio understanding of what medical marijuana is. And you know I can I can see that. That's so, legit. It, it you want me to list like the tr- twenty-one uh, qualifying conditions? All right. 
Well, let's just go through some of them. Let's yeah, get it up there. they didn't always have all of those no, they conditions. This, they started this is out. Be, this is people be, used to ask me like, "How can I get my medical card?" I was like, "It's easy. Get AIDS." This is yeah. <laughs> this is this happened from 2016, the legalization of medical cannabis in Ohio. Alzheimer's. So the 21 qualifying conditions include AIDS, Alzheimer's, a myotrophic lateral sclerosis or ALS, cancer, That's chronic Garrick's disease. By yeah, the way. yeah. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. The P C T E. God. Crohn's disease, horrible. Epilepsy or other seizure disorder, fibromyalgia, glaucoma, hepatitis C, inflammatory bowel disease, IB, multiple sclerosis, quote, pain that is either chronic and severe or intractable, or keep going, Parkinson's, post traumatic stress, sickle cell, spinal cord disease or injury or injury. Uh, Tourette's. There we go. <laughs> Just started yelling. <laughs> Traumatic brain injury, ulcerative colitis. And, oh, this is nice. Any other disease or condition added by the state medical board. Okay. Well, now, I do believe the that they have. End of that. I, I, I'm to. pretty sure that they have added uh, PTSD. It's it's right there. Yeah. Oh, is it? it. Was it? it? I missed and, uh, it. I didn't right. say it there. Yeah. Post-traumatic oh, stress there disorder. Shell right shock. there. Yeah. Wasn't better one shell God. shock? Shell, shell that, shock. Yeah. yeah, that came from the Battle of uh, Verdun yeah. or, or uh, um, shell shock. The Somme. Bastogne. Bastogne. No, yeah. the Somme. That we had shell shock back in World War One. Oh, World. War, oh God. Yeah, the uh, the oh. trench warfare. My yeah. God. Um, fibromyalgia. So I don't see anything on there that I have. I don't think. Let me see. That's red. Chronic pain. Chronic pain. I do have chronic pain. Actually, my neck has been screwed up since college yeah. football. Yeah. Boom. Done. It's, it's so difficult to uh, to say what's chronic pain. That's why that's that's how these doctors were able to prescribe. You know, I mean, all these oxys and everything because there is no uh, way for you to say that Brett, you don't have pain in your back. Well, here's a yeah. I right. mean, and you're like, no, listen, this is my back, and I'm going to tell you, I can't hardly move. I got chronic right. pain. Pain to you. We can't is find. My pain we can't, to you. We can't yeah. find anything wrong with your back. Well, I've got chronic pain. On a scale of one to ten, what's your pain level? Eleven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We turn ours up to eleven. Uh, but that's an interesting, this, this is, uh, we're off to, I hate the government again. We had, uh, the medical board years ago, they were going back probably now 15 years decided that it was somehow the government, I'm not going to say it started with the medical board, but the government decided that it was unfair not to treat people who had pain. You know, we did like, they, they couldn't get medical treatment. They were in pain. They couldn't work. So we needed to get, we needed to deal with it. So they, they sent out the edict to go treat pain and doctors would treat pain. They created medical or pain clinics and they opened up all over the place. And what they do, they started slinging the dope. They started slinging the Percocet, slinging the, all the, all the good stuff, right? All the opioids. And you know what happened? Exactly what you would think happened if you're prescribing the most addictive substance on the planet to people, people got addicted to it and started to abuse it. And then next thing you know, I'm buying my Percocets because Jared, well, he's used up his and, you know, he can't get them anymore. He's been banned from four doctors because he kept buying them at different places and lying about his script. So I'm going to start doing it. And next, now I'm driving down the drug corridors, getting chased by Trooper Smart on 23 and I-70 to sell my opioids. I'm going to even go down to, to Florida with a bus full of kids. Boom. And start hitting pain clinics. That's where they were getting. That was it. Yeah. It was was the loophole. You would go down there. Yeah. And I had, I I had, I've heard plenty of clients talk about this. They'd go down there in a bus and they'd go to the dock 
And the doc would say, yeah, we'll give you a script, but we need to get a diagnosis first. Why don't you walk right out there, go down these stairs, go to my trailer over there where I got this x-ray machine. We'll get you x-rayed right up. Come on back. Here's your script, 20 minutes in and out. And they would just line up to get them. Then the pharmacies, they'd crack down the pharmacies, and the, they would say, no, you're, you've, you've gotten too many. Uh, so you would, they would start picking states, and Pennsylvania was one of the last ones where you could go and get still lots of scripts without, without uh, getting caught. And then who did they start indicting? Now, that doctor obviously was indictable. Hmm. But a lot of other docs who opened up pain clinics because they were told to open up pain clinics, or, or encouraged, rather, well, they started getting in trouble for running pain clinics. <clears throat> and it just is uh, it, it's classic. So for a good reason, the government says we should treat pain. And they encourage people to do it. And then instead of saying, look, that was dumb, shouldn't have done that, they started to bl- you never heard the news or the government say, yeah, it, we were, we, had, you know, we had good. We screwed up. Uh, we yeah. had a good heart on this thing and we had good intentions, but, eh, but didn't see those adverse consequences coming. Probably should have. We're stupid. We're going to pull that back. No, 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 no. They didn't say that. They said, these doctors took advantage of us and these pharmacists took advantage of us and they ruined it for everybody. It just is. It's it's classic political medical mix. It is. And my, my mother is a medical marijuana user mm-hmm. and it has helped her dramatically. I mean, yeah. it is, it is, it is, it is, it has helped. Yeah. And I remember she came to me and she was like this, this goes back to reefer madness. We've been lied to though. They've been lying to us the whole time. Imagine that. And I was like, yeah, mom, that's, so, that's, that's what I've been saying. Yeah. And this is where it for seems 45 like 45 years, we always end mm-hmm. up in this discussion because people will trust the government until they don't. And they, and then it's too late. And then there, then it's like most people refuse to apply that distrust to anything else. Oh, they just lied about this one thing, you know? So it was a, they only made a mistake on the uh, pain clinic thing, but everything else they do, you know, they're, they're pretty good at and, and, it, and it works great. It's like, look, I've just we've just discussed the most absurd coming directly from the director of health, the Department of Health in Ohio. They're the ones that promulgate or created this mar- or medical or the uh, the uh, ma- the marijuana testing and drunk driving cases and DUI cases. That's the Department of Health in Ohio. Right. The same Department of Health that shut you down and made you wear a mask and made you do all these things. I'm not saying that's bad. I will later, but I'm not saying you don't have to accept that that's bad, but just accept that they are flawed as we all are. They are capable of making these same mistakes, even for uh, good reasons, even for valid, noble causes that the rest of us are. So it was only for two weeks, Dave. Well, this is why I always tell people I question everything the government does, because in my line of work, I just happen to see the results of a lot of dumb government policy. Even when it's good, even it comes from good intentions. No, we got, we got, we got, we got caught up in the in the in the one phone call for the for this show. Really, <laughs> I mean, it, it branched into others. It just took us on a but ride. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, because I've got all kinds of things that that I've got to. I mean, we got a lot going on in the world right now. We do. Yeah. I mean, a lot. Man, it's I like, mean, you know, from the hacking of uh, you know ransomware on a pipeline, you know, which. I, why would we bring it up? No other news media is really bringing that up that much. I mean, it's getting buried there on page It sort C. of is. It's like there's gas shortages. Yes. There's, I saw right. on, somebody, yeah. had, they were yeah. filling up Home Depot buckets. Well, because oh, wow. you got to think about uh, it. Lowe's buckets. They you you got to think about it. The, the, the pipeline that got shut down, I think it's Keystone. something like 100 million gallons of gasoline 
and diesel a day. I, I, I could be totally wrong. Fact checker, probably check yeah. me out here. Mm. But I do believe that that's that's what's going on there. And it was hacked. Isn't and that then, crazy? I mean, we started oh, well, out there, on, and that's part that of the, a, my space talk that I have going on, and, and how important Space Force really is. Well, this getting hacked is a this see, is big, brother. To me, this is a big deal. Now, here's what here's what's interesting well, to me. It's and, big when you combine it with Keystone being shut down because yes. now. What are they doing? It's almost as if they're stifling well, us. Well, hold on. Now, you also have to remember that they have also limited the amount of transportation of fuel can go down. Mm-hmm. So they could they could run more in rail. They could run more on the road. But there's a limit to a daily transfer of of fuel that's allowed, you know, I mean, in the railway to, to the roadway. All right. So this is interesting because I heard, I feel better about seeing that Biden declared a state of emergency on May 9th because when I first heard about this, the Biden response was something like, well, this is a private matter and this is, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have to deal with it. It's a private matter. It's a private company. And I almost choked on my own whatever I was eating at that point because it's such nonsense. I mean, nothing else seems to be private to this president. And all of a sudden, this is a private problem. If I got a ransomware demand out of my law practice and it happened to me once, I can call the police. Private it may be, but, you know, it, uh, it's a crime. It's yep. extortion. And if mm-hmm. I pay that extortion, that's a crime. It's like it's not private like that. It's like it's my problem in that sense. But the executive branch not getting involved in something like an interstate pipeline. That's that, an interstate. Yeah. Yeah. This right. is where the government should the be The government involved. loves to throw interstate in there. They oh, love, my they, God. They, they yeah. love to throw whatever that's you cross. That's their domain. Yes. This is the one. Like he issued an executive order shutting down a damn pipeline. Mm-hmm. And now this is a private problem. Right. It's like I, I'm glad to say that they, I'm glad to see that the, that position may have changed. But it's such crap. If it were like if they were like uh, dispensing energy from windmills, then it would be the most important thing in the world for these people. But th- this one was uh, that bugged me. So I, I hope they're dealing with it because here's the here's the bottom line with this. It's causing our gas prices to skyrocket. It's going to be five dollars a gallon. I predicted it by December twenty yeah, third. I'm on the it, record somewhere it's, predicting yeah, that. It's, or yeah. December thirty first. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be. Yeah, it's going up. A gallon. It's, so Keystone could have alleviated all of this. Yes, but that was shut down within the first two weeks of this new administration. Yeah, and now so the declaration gives. Uh, supposedly yes. removes limits regarding the transport of fuels by road in an attempt to alleviate any potential shortages. My question is to you, Steve, what other um, limits or unlimited things can this give an administration to do to that pipeline? All right. So here's the problem with this. Once you declare a state of emergency, mm-hmm. you might as well say, I'm going to rephrase this. Let's create a state of opportunity for the government seizure of power they wouldn't otherwise have. Bingo. As soon as Biden declares a state of emergency, it says something. It creates a power grab that almost, as we've learned in the last year and a half, has no limits. So now the government owns fuel. And I, I, when I was saying I want the government involved in this, it's to investigate the crime and assist in solving the problem, not to declare a state of emergency and removing limits regarding the transport of fuels right. by road. There shouldn't be any limits anyway regarding the transport. And basically federalize, federalize energy production and yeah. transport. So this is, uh, I texted you last night about mm-hmm. this. And, right. and I was sitting there and I saw this and I texted Jay. I was like, you know, so, something is rotten in the state of Denmark I know. here. Because it's, it's too convenient. Uh, it, it's way too convenient. And the response was too soft at first. And now I'm seeing this. I'm even more concerned about it. It's like... 
Man, so if the government takes over all energy production, think about this. Just think about it. Even if their intentions may be good, and I'm not going to ascribe bad intentions yet, but once the government controls all energy, they control you in every aspect of your life. You can do nothing without energy. Nothing. 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 And if you have to rely on the government to sell it to you, then the government has total control over your lives. Um, well, what did Biden's good buddy say? Under my policies, your energy bills will necessarily skyrocket. Yeah. And what is happening right now? Yeah, they're going to skyrocket. And this is going to be a way that they can declare or uh, issue whatever works. Now, this is another bigger problem that we're, that we're dealing with. And, you know, it's not just Biden. It's not just, and Trump was guilty of this. And Obama, I think, was probably like the, like he was the leader of the band to some extent. And, you know, Bush to some extent, but Bush was a little bit more limited. And when I'm talking about executive orders, um, if you dig up an old case called Youngstown Sheet and Tube, it was the initial case. I think it was under, uh, it was in uh, the Korean War. Truman wanted to force Youngstown Sheet and Tube to, uh, I think, create, to create uh, some sort of war, war stuff uh, through executive order because there's emergency, we're in a state of war, blah, 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 blah. But Youngstown Sheet and Tube is a case where basically the gen- or the it was decided by the court what executive orders should be. And it basically works this way. Congress passes laws, and in those laws, there's some implication uh, that the gaps need to be filled in a little bit through executive through the executive branch of government, like the administrative body. And executive orders are designed to fill those gaps. The problem with it is now that is being completely turned on its ear. They've driven not only a truck, but a freight train and 50 trucks and airplanes and the whole world through that little loophole now. Is this it, Steve? Yeah, that's it. Okay. So in the midst of the Korean War, U.S. Is it up there? Yeah. Gotcha. In the midst of the Korean War, the U.S. Uh, steelworkers threatened to strike for higher wages against the major steel producers. Uh, Truman believed a strike of any length would cause severe dislocations for defense contractors. In other words, we had a war going on, and he didn't want them to strike, and uh, he tried to shut it down. Wow, far cry from today. Yeah, and this is um, the the court sort of gave. I don't, look, I don't agree with the executive branch of government having control over all these administrative agencies anyway. But this is where they tried to say, look. Uh, there's a limit to executive orders. It has to be in the gaps of what the Congress laws, the Congress has passed. And now we just created, they just declare a state of emergency. They, they, he signs orders for everything. I mean, it's like, this is like, it's like having a King. They just, yep. they just yeah. by fiat. It's fiat. Just, just Rule decide by fiat. things. Yeah. And the problem is we're going like, I don't know, man. It's like, it seems like everybody's just going along with it because they happen to agree with that particular order without thinking, well, look, that's the power that can be used in a, in a way you don't like. And I think our founders would be beside themselves on this. And, mm. you know, they're going to say, well, that's because it's a, a day and age where they didn't need that. And it's like, I, no, I don't buy it. I think. No, they, uh, yeah. in, that, in that day they did though too. If you think about it, yeah. sure. Very Absolutely. specific. Yeah. And yeah. even more so we had a King that was doing this. Right. Yeah. The old King George was, right. was doing whatever the heck he wanted. And, yeah. you know, I, I just, uh, this is a, a country's plotting against us because they 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 wanted our southern states. They wanted that econo- economy yeah. down there. Now there was yeah, it, they it happened. Knew. It was happening then. They, oh, yeah. they knew very well what they were doing. They were limiting the government. I went to a shrink one time, not one time. I've been to a shrink many times, but 
it was it was like going to a life coach, and I used to call him Uncle Jack. And you know, we were talking about the stress of my job, and he was, and I, he's like, "Well, what do you do when you get home?" And I was like, "I don't know. I just sort of I do whatever I do." And uh, and I said, "It's always just about getting the work, and I got to be available, and I got uh, this, that, and the other." He's like, "Well, what do you what do you mean available?" And I said, "Well, I always have my phone on me, and you know, now that I got my kids out there, or somebody may need to contact me because of an emergency." And he stopped me. He goes, let me stop you right there. When's the last time you had a real emergency that you had to deal with? And it did stop me in my tracks. I couldn't think of one. Not a one. Not like a real one. Mm-hmm. Like a real emergency that I, that was like disrupting things now. And I, and I, I went through my entire childhood <laughs> and all the things, all the things I thought were emergencies at the time that I was able to deal with without a cell phone. That I was able to deal with on my own. I was able to deal with in one way or another. Um, I, I could not think of one that I would call like a real, real emergency life or death, maybe one or two. And, you know, his point was in this day and age, we have created an emergency out of everything in our lives. Like, oh, just in case of emergency, I'm going to have my cell phone with me and nobody ever puts it down. In case of emergency, so-and-so needs to be able to get a hold of me. And now we're doing it with the government. So we're giving the government, in case of emergency, like a pandemic uh, we need the government to have total control and we need this and we need that. And it's like, no, no, we don't. We really don't. You know, I, I'm capable of dealing with a pandemic. I can deal with it. And, and I think everybody is in our country. And if they say they're not, they're, they have been programmed to shortchange their own abilities because we are humans and we are more than capable of dealing with these problems without Biden, Trump, or anybody else telling us how to do it. Yeah. My two cents anyway. Hmm. We've made it through mass extinctions. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Where, that's right. Where 80% the of the life on earth has been removed and killed. Well, we made it through that. I, I think a couple of things. We're going to, we probably should wrap it. I don't know how long. Right, that's right. Uh, we are at about a, uh, one, uh, yeah. 120. Yeah, yeah 121. We're, we're done Perfect. On. So a few things have hit me today. One is that uh, we need an X Checker series. So, Jay, we're going to let you start introducing some yeah, topics. Yes, yeah, because maybe Sweet. then I can talk about space. <laughs> yeah, baby. Because I think the, like, the last three shows. The yeah. I mean, like, the last three yeah. shows. Well, you want to stick around? We can do no, one more no, right now. No, we'll talk about no, space. No, no. Right. Next we'll week, bring it later. Next week, we're talking about space. Here we go. Well, and Jared, no what, what matter, I do want to no matter what the question, what I do want to know is yeah. what the heck is China doing on the dark side of the moon? Let's, let's we, I don't think let's, we've ever been there. Let's just no. tease it. Tease and it. they've got, been there. Yeah, they're there. You got they're the there. mic. You got the mic. Tease yeah. it for just two minutes. There you go. Tease it. Tee it up. Yep. Well, I mean, the whole talk was what is space force? Why would we create a new military? venture and the real answer is because it's been there for a long long time and i heard a guy interviewed like on a podcast one time who was a military guy former general or something and he said the same thing he goes look if we don't get involved in this understand china already is yeah well the whole the problem is that we have 50 percent of the satellites that are up there in space and right now uh china is on a monthly rush and russia is on uh, just sending out constantly you know i mean manned operations unmanned operations and they're able to go up there and send out satellites that can shut down our satellites yeah but we have equity the information but our bathrooms are equal (coughs) yeah there's 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 serious (laughs) serious things going on in space and uh, well this goes all the way back to 1945 it says yes so the cold war so you're correct we've it's been there and now it's just yeah, it's it's formalized. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was hidden in dark money. You know, I mean, they were pulling from here, robbing Peter to give to Paul to not to tell anybody. 
because even all the information that has been released, we can see some of the projects that we've been working on, but we do not see where the money came from. All right. So next week, that's it. So you, Jay, you get X checkers on. I mean, we've got CIA involved. We have the Air Force. Oh, we have CIA the Navy. Is always involved. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna hit it. Hell, so, we have the moon involved. Come on, what more moon. do you want? It's like China's on the I moon, and now we have major private sectors. I want because you got to remember, even though they've been hiding stuff from us that have that have come about. Like what was the the one there? What did I tell you guys? Well, like Elon Musk and his uh, his. Well, yeah. rockets and stuff. Basically, he just he's just a defense contractor. Yeah. And he's putting stuff up but, that's but, off the books. But you see, the thing about that is is that he doesn't even have a board. You know, I mean, some of these companies, uh, I forget, oh. I forget uh, Amazon's, uh, Bezos got a space program. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. with the American people, they're supposed to tell us what they're doing. Well, they don't have to say anything on the private sectors. That's what I'm saying. They were just they fulfilling they Amazon. So, anybody. so that's the tried and true model, Jared, of all these defense contractors. So if you look into all that stuff, you'll find like DynCorp and stuff like that. Well, that's all off book. They, yeah, they don't just, have to report the any National of that. They just, Reconnaissance so. Office. Oh yeah, the United States of America. And I, I, I talked to you guys about that today. Right there. Steve was yeah. like. Well, I never heard of it. Right. I was we'll like, put well, that up just so had, people. I never heard of it either. It had existed. For over 30 years before they built a complex. And people were like, what are you building, Mr. Government? And they're like, oh, it's, it's the uh, uh, it's warehouse. Interesting. <laughs> so they and, uh, report directly to the DNI and the Secretary of Defense jointly. Huh. Yes. Interesting. It just is so. And that right there was a big part of the startup, and and they ran with uh, oh, continuing on with our what? with our our space war Get program. This, uh, pardon me, a 1996 bipartisan bud, uh, uh, commission report described the NRO as having by far the largest budget of any intelligence agency and virtually no federal workforce. What? That's so yeah. crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. I've never heard of this. And for 30 years. They had the highest budget, and nobody knew. Nobody knew about See, it. See, here's what's crazy: we have a media that ostensibly is the smart. They, they, if you just ask anybody in the media, they're the smartest people around. You never hear any of this. Oh my on the news gosh. ever, ever, right. ever. But and that's full disclosure crazy. Ne- next week, full disclosure. Yeah, so next week we're gonna we're Deep gonna hit dive. the NRO or whatever that is. Nice. There we go. The it, it started in 1960, and we and oh my god, who knew? Hmm. I right. did. We're gonna hit it. Wikipedia did. Awesome. So, in fact, maybe we should get some of that stuff. We'll see. Yeah, we'll get some of that stuff up on the website. But anyway, so yeah. it's it, uh, some things going on. We did talk a little bit about before the Blitz. Uh, Jim McMahon coming in, Studio 35. He's going to be coming in, and he's going to be uh, d- d- teasing his uh, Netflix video, uh, his Netflix movie about his life uh, documentary type stuff. It's great. You get to hear Jim talk about it with the producer of the of the movie. Uh, you'll get to get uh, get your popcorn, see Studio 35. Like, when's the last time anybody actually went out to a movie theater? Anyway, what better opportunity? And you know what? Maybe we'll be there and we'll do a podcast with old Jim and uh, ask him how he came up with the lyrics to the Super Bowl Shuffle. God, and that, was, that was awful. Amazing song. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. We'll, we'll ask him. Uh, put that up there, Jay. Once again, 1985. Super and, uh, Bowl we Shuffle. Had a, no, no, no. Just that video. Yeah, that picture of Jim. Well, that's fine. There we go. There's a Super Bowl Shuffle. So, so yeah, yeah well, here's um, a, here's another fun space fact for you out there. Uh, what was the we we looked it up, Brett? I'm sorry. I, what was the teacher's name that died? Oh, uh, Challenger. Uh, 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 Christy McCullough. Yeah, yeah. It was guy. supposed to be Big Bird. Big Bird, like the Actual, person who played the, Big Bird. Big, Big Bird. What was supposed oh, to be? Was Big supposed Bird. to look it up. What? Big Bird was supposed to go into space instead of Macaulay, and there was a conflict of interest, 
and was unable to, 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 to go through with it. So uh, Big Bird did not go on that flight, but Big Bird was supposed to go on that flight. And uh, we also need to remember that over 30% of the payload on that flight was held for the CIA. Interesting. Did it blow up? And on, they uh, was it an accident? So uh, there's a good documentary on those O-rings, though. Like that was a, that was an avoidable. Like like there were engineers on that, like the contractors who who called that. They yeah, they're they they like the flabbergasted aren't working. Yeah. And they were yeah. saying like the night before, do not launch. And people actually resigned and were like, and it was a big deal. It was yeah. a really big deal. Yeah. But yeah, we could uh, not have Big Bird right now. The bird had been down. Yeah. Wow. I'll be doggone. Yeah. You're you're correct. Wow. <laughs> well, so that, and, and that was a psyop to get children more involved in the space program. Yes, yes. But the big bird suit was just entirely too cumbersome, and they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I mean, this is not a joke. They were going to send Big Bird yeah. into space. I wonder if Big Bird was going. They were going to take the costume. I wonder. Yeah, yeah, but the task of sending the puppet suit proved too complicated. Is that, put that up there. No, they yeah they were really going to. Uh, yeah, they're going to yeah. click it on so everybody can see yeah. us. There you go. So, Big Bird Space Shell Challenger. Interesting space program. Oh, Carol, that Carol, is Carol crazy right here. Sequences were filmed. So oh, my God. Big Bird's teddy bear radar was sent up instead. Yep, with Krista McAuliffe. And it was not done because the task of sending the puppet suit proved to be too, too, too complicated. complicated. Yeah. Like, how, much, how hard could it be to put that thing in a box and send it up there? Well, whenever the CIA's got the majority of the payload, well, they were like, "This, listen, we got some other uh, scientific experiments." I mean, no, I think, well, try putting that beak in a daggone space helmet, it's man. Probably big. <laughs> now we also had. It's probably big. This it is, is a big little, little temporary. You don't like this, Dad? We had, I mean, mapped out, drawn out plans of putting a military, like a twelve-man base, on the moon. Uh, it was in production, rolling through. It got uh, killed right after JFK was assassinated. And uh, and not only were we going to be there growing tomatoes or experimenting, they had missile silos planned. Oh, they yeah. had everything right there. And what I'd stated was that presidents last for four to eight years. Generals last for 50. And if you think that you've been working on something for 20 years and it gets shut down, that it actually gets shut down, it doesn't. And sometimes they get influenced to open them back up. And it's not like you're told it's shut down. You're not told when it's opened back up. It just happens. You so, mean kind of like gain-of-function <clears throat> studies that were offshore to Wuhan, uh, China, and then they were stopped, and then all of a sudden they were restarted again and refunded? Huh. I'd never heard of that. You know, and I remember, uh, I forget, who's, 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 who's the new, uh, what's what's the redhead's name there that talk, that speaks for the president? Uh, in, Danny in, Bonaccino? No, no. What's, what's her name? Saki, Jen yeah, Saki. I remember Saki. they asked old Saki, Saki something about Space Force, and she was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard of that. And it's oh, like, it totally blew it, it off. It blew it off, but it's like, this is real. And they were like, and a lot of people were saying, this is just, they were blaming on Trump like it's something crazy that he'd come up with. Like, why would we need this? Well, and it's like, well, we need it because it's it's getting, I'm, I, if you remember, I they did the same that, thing to Reagan. They made fun oh, of his yeah. Star, Star Wars. Wars or whatever. SDI, well, guess yeah. what? That was also also part of this. Well, now they call it the Iron. What's like? It just came well, in the news yesterday. Because, well, for uh, Israel, it's the Iron Dome. The Iron Dome. Now they right. call Star Wars the Iron Dome. Right. But that, that was also connected to this pro to your NRO, Jared. I just looked it up, and uh, that they said Reagan's inf uh, when he was talking about Star Wars, it wasn't just the Iron Dome. It was 
what Jared's bringing up. Yeah, no, I mean, there were, there were pictures, there yeah. were animations of satellites shooting down missiles and doing these crazy yeah. things. I well, remember seeing this. They can do that. Uh, they can well, do a whole hell of a lot we don't know. And here's about. the thing. I, I, if, if we don't have a base on the moon, shame on us. See, I think that, I almost think that when Trump started talking about Space Force One or whatever it was, I almost got the impression that at the time that the people involved in that were like, Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because they shut them up so fast. Space Command they, has yeah. been out, but then yeah. Space Force is here. Well, they wanted to, but it, uh, I'm just telling you, the it, it had to be done, and he probably saw it because the money was going to unravel. Yeah. And it's like either we 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 have to redirect this, we have to 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 to, to redirect this because they're going to find the money, and then they're going to find all of this. They're going to want no more, and then you get remember here coming in June. I think it's like June 23rd or something like that. Not that I don't know how many people are going to investigate into it, but there's going to be a big stack of uh, classified documents that will be coming out of Freedom of Information oh Act, God. and that is on our uh, our uh, uh, our meetings with uh, extraterrestrials. They're telling us, hmm. well, yeah, and I right. I'm still dubious about all that alien stuff. Is that just a false flag? It's a false but flag. I'm not buying Look at it. this: U.S. Space Forces first began conducting combat support operations in the Vietnam War. And culminated right here in the Gulf War, uh, the first major employment of space forces were in the Gulf War. From the 50s and 60s. And uh, I, was, I was getting real-time freaking feeds when I was in tanker school during that time. And I'm wondering now if that was from this. I was getting real-time. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable, the, the footage we were getting. Yes. It was crazy. Hmm. Huh. I'll yes, be dogged. Well, we're going to do a dive into that next week for sure. We're Other things a, happening. Jim McMahon. blast out there. Yeah, we're going to blast out. We gotta yeah, get the we're not diving to in. To infinity and beyond. We are blasting out. <laughs> to infinity. Pigs in <laughs> space. So other things happening. Jim McMahon. So check it out. Go to Studio 35. You can get your tickets there. Uh, we're also going to have a link up. I'm going to start disseminating mm. uh, all that stuff quickly. So if you want to see old Jim, you want to get a teaser of his uh, his, his Netflix special, uh, now's the time, May 21st, coming up. Uh, Comedians on South High Banks booking out clubs across the Some country. Fire, booking, man. Booking Adding clubs. more shows. I mean, uh, Friday, I'm, uh, we're going to Cleveland. We'll be at uh, Hilarities. And uh, it's, it's crazy. We're going to be doing seven shows in three days. Man. And it's uh, that's rocking. So that's blowing up, and uh, you're still recording tonight. Comedians on yes. South High. So we're recording all, tonight, and then we'll be going to open mic at Red Rock Pub in Black Lake. All good stuff, uh, Brett. You got lots of clients using the studio here yeah. now. It's like every time I look, the, the you got people down here. Podcast so stuff's busy. If uh, I guess I put it this way, you everybody, if you want a pocket, you're behind. You're behind. You need to contact us, channel511.com. Look but us we, up. But we can bring you back up to speed. Yeah, quick and easy. We, can, we take Very care of easily. all the hard work, all the heavy lifting, all the equipment needs, all the recording problems, all the that big blank in your head about how do I get a podcast out to where people can actually find my podcast. We got yeah, you covered. Don't, don't talk to your radio station rep. Go to come to us. Yeah, Brad yeah, at Circle yeah, 270 Media, the first really in town doing podcast consulting. Others people may be trying to compete, but they don't know what they're doing. Nope. And they don't have... 511 South High Studio C to that's work with either. So that's the key. trick. Yep. Um, we have, uh, as always, a YouTube channel, and we are live right now, Channel 511 on YouTube Live. So if, you, if you're if you not getting these live feeds and you're hearing this later, well, guess what? It's easy. Just go to Channel 511 on YouTube, subscribe, hit the button, and then I think you actually get notification. Either way, next Wednesday we'll be here right about thereabout, roundabout, 9 a.m. 
and uh, listen to the Blitz, tune over, or, and then switch over, listen to us. Uh, if you got questions, uh, lawyertalkpodcast.com, give me a shout or hit me up on that uh, on that interface in the website. Or if you got a legal problem, guess what? I am a lawyer in my real life, 614-224-6142. Uh, so that is another short, riveting episode talking about nothing but everything at the same time. Space Force One coming next with the X-Checker and Jared. This is Lawyer Talk off the record on the air, at least until now. Check.